Log entry 102. Bad Brew case number 002. Subject is Creepshow 3. An American horror film, third in the Creepshow series. Creepshow is a collection of five lighthearted horror tales of murder, mayhem, and madness. Released in 2006 by Taurus Entertainment Company, the film was critically panned and currently sits at 0% on popular film rating site Rotten Tomatoes. However, the question still remains, does it deserve its reputation? You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. It is episode 102. Welcome to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where tonight's episode is Bad Brew Creep Show 3. That's right. We're talking about a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Hey, man. I'm just talking about Creep Show 3. Oh. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. And we're a bunch of bad mother. Shut, Shut your, your mouth, mouth. <laughs> Sam. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Uh, good. 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 <laughs> I'm doing real good, James. How are you doing tonight? I will fucking. <laughs> Murder your entire family. <laughs> That's kill, a promise. Don't kill them. Except for your mom, because she's so fine. I mean, <clears throat> it sucks for the rest <clears throat> of them, but at least one of them survives, right? So, uh, what's going on, boys? What have you been up to? Not a whole lot. Took a little. Took my uh, trip three of three this past weekend. Oh, are you done now? I'm done. Done with all I'm your done trips? Done for the time being, yes. All right. What'd you I, do? Uh, I went to Columbus to see a little band called the Smashing Pumpkins, or as my four-year-old niece calls them, the Pumpkin Smashers. <laughs> <laughs> because because that's cute as a button. Yeah. I, uh, you uh, you sent me a Snapchat or something from the show, and it said the pumpkin smashers, yeah. and I was like... Oh, did I send that to you? Yeah. I was so drunk. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's just drunk and making yep. stuff up. My, uh, that's my, super cute, though. My brother and I uh, met in Columbus. Uh, obviously, we're in Detroit. He's in upstate New York. And so uh, we were both busy when they were in our respective towns, so we decided to meet in the middle, go see him. Um, but they're one of our favorite bands, and we always said if there's going to be a reunion tour, which this had James Eha back in the fold, mm-hmm. we we're going to go. And we made good on that promise. Turns out you didn't really meet in the middle, though, did you? No, no. I was about <laughs> four and a half hours, and he, we didn't realize, was like seven hours. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he got stuck in traffic for an hour because he was on construction. Imagine that, construction in Ohio. And then it looks like you guys hit many breweries. Uh, yes. The beer <laughs> beers were drank. Um, friends were made. Oh, did you make friends? We did. There was a lady sitting at the end of the bar who was there on business. Ooh, lady friends. She was like 60. Yeah. Just I like it. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. We, uh, I, I haven't seen my brother like that in a long time, so it was good to get together with him. The show was incredible. Uh, they played a song made popular by the movie Batman and Robin. I love that song. All right. So good. The end is the beginning is the end, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Or it's is it the beginning of, is the end is the beginning? No, that was the other one. <laughs> yeah. Because there's two. Um, no, it's, it's it's yeah, I don't know. It's one of my favorite songs they do, and I was just shocked they even played it. They so. played all their hits, though, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Which they don't of, typically do. One of the few times I've seen them where they played their hits. I'm sure, they, I'm sure that it's not as rare as I probably made it out to be, but all the times that I've seen them, this mm-hmm. is my third time seeing them, this is the first time they've actually played their big hits. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was it was really cool to see. I saw Zwan. I saw Zwan too. <laughs> that was that I was the closest it. I ever. It. <laughs> uh, so it was back before I was uh, I was really um, impressed by jam bands, mm-hmm. and they played a 
they had like a 45 minute set and the last 25 minutes of it was one song yeah. and i was like yeah eh, don't like mostly it. solos too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was awesome well and the mix was bad too i was down on the floor so i just don't like i couldn't hear any See, of the I solos was, so it just sounded it looked like a bunch of dudes strumming power chords for I was 25 the, minutes i was on the floor too i don't remember being that bad but I mean, in retrospect i might be remembering it wrong yeah who knows but who anyway, knows that's what i did it was uh a blasty blast what have you been up to jay i'll just uh Playing that bass guitar, the bass, and getting ready for the big show this uh, <laughs> Friday. Yeah, the the old Woodward. And, getting excited. Uh, yeah, there's already people like um, my my wife was coming home uh, yesterday, and there's already people sitting in chairs along Woodward. Yeah, I saw. Like that. it's it, this was so today's today's Wednesday, yesterday's Tuesday. This thing doesn't start until Friday. And there's people already sitting in chairs just watching regular cars go by well, on Woodward. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, this is the week where a lot of people come into town, so they're oh, driving sure, their yeah. cars in, yeah. and they probably just want to get their spots. But um, I hear your um, I hear your concert is going to be packed to the gills. Is that oh, true? Oh, yeah? Because he's playing the bass or the bass ah. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that took we, way uh, too long. <laughs> we, uh, we drove Woodward today, and there was, there was a few old cars going up and down. You know, we were there around lunchtime. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so other than that, just been uh, mixing. Had uh, this guy, Kyle Callahan, who's a pop singer, come in. He's been doing quite a few songs with me, and he dropped a new song. And uh, Cool. So got to mix that the other day, which is a lot of fun. Very nice. Just keeping busy in studio life, man. That's it. What have you been doing, James? Not a whole lot. Tell these tell these good people something. Uh, staying up too late. I started. Um, I got into to leather crafting. I say you're a professional leather craftsman. <laughs> well, I have this. I've I've become obsessed with knives over the past few years, couple years probably. Not creepy at all. And uh, and more specifically lately, like uh, like handmade, you know, like handmade uh, knives, like the guys who. Guys who forge their own blades and make the make the handles themselves, not you know, not like mass-produced knives, and also obsessed with the the leather craft, like making the sheaths and stuff like that. And um, I have this Ulu knife, which is an Alaskan Ulu Ulu. It's an Alaskan <laughs> knife that um, I got for I, my aunt. My aunt went to Alaska a few years ago, and she got me this blade as a as a gift, and it just came with. A little wooden stand, and it's sharp as hell, and I couldn't just like leave it in my kitchen anywhere. Perfect so I've, children's toy. I've right? never had a good place for <laughs> it, and I, I kept it in this little burlap sack, like up in a cupboard. And I was like, man, I want, I really want to, I like using it. It's a lot of fun to use, and I wanted a sheath for it, so I bought some leather and I bought some tools to craft leather. Well, you actually bought the leather. Yeah. Oh. Well, where the hell do you think I got it from? I thought you like skinned a bear or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was I trying to find out where you, got the, uh, where you got the burlap sack. Do you have a lot of burlap sacks around the house? That was actually, it was a... Uh, he, he grows it in his backyard. It was that, a... Those burlap plants. It was a baby shower. <laughs> it, was a ba- it was a baby shower favor from my uh, my sister-in-law's baby shower. So that's... So I made my first, other, first ever knife sheath, and it turned out pretty nice, actually. Mike was impressed with it. He actually commented on my Instagram post, which he never comments on any of my Instagram posts. I was so thoroughly was... impressed by it. Thanks, and man. because it fits like a glove. It does. Like, I'm shocked that you did something that good. I told I, <laughs> I told Mike, this is the first... Usually, like, I don't... I like building stuff and doing stuff with my hands, but I don't do it that often, and I'm not that good at it. So when usually when I do something like that, I get to the very end and then it turns out that I've done one thing wrong way back in the beginning and I went to put I it was like two in the morning when I finally finished this thing 
and I went to put the knife in it for the first time, and it just like uh, slid in. <laughs> I was like, yes, that I need to go weird. to bed now. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. And uh, last night I drew up the templates to do a little uh, Zippo case. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little belt mounted Zippo case for my Zippo lighter. What else can you put in leather? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing is like I've got I I don't have any. Nice, like I'm obsessed with the knives, but I haven't. I I would like to learn how to make knives, and I haven't bought any of the nice knives that I look at online. So I'm just trying to find whatever I can it's, to put leather into. You can make put brand, into leather brand new beachwear. You just make a belt, and then you put like a you have a sheath for your dick. It just goes right into it. It's perfect. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Maybe I can contact the Red Hot Chili Peppers and see if I can make custom cock socks for them. What were you gonna say, Jay? Oh, I was gonna. You, you, I heard you say template, and I've been listening to this podcast recently, and they say template yeah. all the time. And I hear people go back and forth with that. I hear people just, go back and forth too. I just I like template. I don't know why. How do you I've, say it? I have always said template. Tem- template sounds like British. Template. Oh, we're going to go make a template. That's Australian, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> at least they had that done. <laughs> they were they were criminals from Britain at one point in time, so there it kind of makes sense. There you go. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I've had going on. Just kind of doing the thing. Gonna make my wife some earrings tomorrow out of leather because she found a, le- a earring design that she really liked, and they look super easy. Cool. So, speaking of making things, let's make uh, let's make good on some things we got wrong last oh, week. Oh no! Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. So uh, last week we talked about Rick Janess, uh who uh, <laughs> unfortunately passed away. Zombie boy. Yes, yeah, zombie mm-hmm. boy. And uh, I had said that he had died in Montreal. Uh, he was in Ontario. Oh, okay. That's a huge correction, but I wasn't sure, so I'm correcting myself. There you go. And then also as a follow-up to that, um, there's a little bit more came out since his death about whether it was suicide, whether it was not. And uh, it does not sound like it was a suicide. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it was a genuine accident. Genuine. Um, his um, My pony. <laughs> uh, his uh, his manager actually uh, Karim Ledoux uh, released a statement saying uh, that he fell from a third floor balcony uh, most likely while going out for a smoke which is what they had kind of ta- uh, someone mentioned last week yeah that, um, that makes even more sense that it was accidental too because it, not to not to be dark here but I, I think pretty much anybody who wants to jump to their death knows that you're most likely not going to yeah. succeed if you're only 30 feet in the area you know unfortunately I mean? unfortunately yeah um uh kerm ledoux though uh put this out here i uh, uh, said that um i've been on that balcony before it's an emergency balcony and it's supposed to be locked it's a fire hazard exit so the guardrail is extremely low mm. i'm exactly his height five foot ten and a half inches and that guardrail comes low below the hips wow yeah. so, so he could have he could have kinda... tripped could have leaned the wrong way could have kind of like sitting with like kind of leaning it on it, literally could have been anything. On and it, and he just fell backwards. From or the sound of it, from the sound of it, um, no one was with him. Yeah. So because no one, there's no no one there that saw it. Right. So that sucks. Yeah. So anyway, the, that just a just a follow up on that. Other than that, I got nothing else. All right. You? Uh, I I caught one while I was listening to the episode, and then I forgot to take the timestamp on it. So. Oh. If you hear it and you know Carney or Vito, if you pick up on it, let me know. Fair. <laughs> All right. Um, what, are we, what are we doing this week, James? <laughs> uh, correction. That was a that was a really bad segue there. <laughs> um, so this week, as we said in the intro and several times after that, we're doing another bad brew. Our second bad, we, our bad second brew. bad numero brew, which is dos. numero dos, which is when we take a movie that is critically panned. 
and we uh, we dig into it and we dissect it and give, we give it try and fresh eyes. try and figure out if it if it really is as bad as everyone says it was. A lot of movies our, a lot of movies aren't as bad as people say they are. You know, we took a look at uh, the island of Doctor Moreau for our first one, and we all we all ended up liking it. Yeah, we liked it and realized that it had some redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a fun segment, and every once in a while you're going to stumble upon a movie that everybody hates, and you might actually like it. You might stumble upon a movie that everybody hates and find out that that it's hated for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, Fun fact, Richard Stanley, as of a year ago, Mm -hmm. is restarting pre-production on his vision of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Is he really? Yes. Wow. I got some more Richard Stanley news coming up, but... Yeah, I kind of went down the Richard Stanley rabbit hole today, and I was reading a bunch he's of stuff about him. He's an interesting dude. And I'm like, holy crap, he's going to do it. Like, he you know, apparently he had found somebody to help with funding, and wow. he is going to bring what he wanted to do to life. Hopefully he won't go nuts and Pretty venture crazy. out into the woods and live there with a bunch of hippies. Well, he did it once. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> All right, what are we, so, what are we uh, so, so with that, we are drinking. Uh, it might not be terribly obvious at first, but we will explain why. So from Arrogant Brewing... In Escondido, California, and Rich, Richmond, Virginia, we are drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Mm-hmm. You're not worthy. Nah. Ah. Uh, arrogance. <laughs> a noun. The actor, the actor quality of being arrogant, haughty, undue assumption, overbearing conceit. This is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it. It is quite, doubt- <laughs> <laughs> it is quite, fo- quite doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate an ale of this quality and depth. We would suggest that you stick to safer and more familiar territory. Maybe something with a multi-million dollar ad campaign aimed at convincing you it's made in a little brewery. Or one that implies that their tasteless, fizzy yellow beer will give you more sex appeal. I don't like where this is going. They're clearly talking about Miller Lite. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps you think multi-million dollar ad campaigns make a beer taste better. Perhaps you're mouthing your words as you read this. (laughs) At Arrogant Brewing, we believe that pandering to the lowest common denominator represents the height of tyranny, a virtual form of keeping the consumer barefoot and stupid. Brought forth upon an unsuspecting public in 1997, Arrogant Bastard Ale openly challenged the tyrannical overlords who were brazenly attempting to keep Americans chained in the shackles of poor taste. Since the very beginning, Arrogant Bastard Ale has reveled in its unprecedented and uncompromising celebration of intensity. There have been many nods to Arrogant Bastard Ale, even outright attempts to copy it, but only one can ever embody the true nature of liquid arrogance. Damn. Under questions and comments, it says, if you don't like this beer, keep it to yourself. We, <laughs> we don't want to hear from any of you sniffling yellow beer drinking wimps because this beer wasn't made for you. <laughs> they really are this arrogant. already became my favorite beer. They really are so arrogant I bastards. I was always under the impression that this was made by Stone Brewing. Yeah. Uh, especially being that they still have the Stone um, Gargoyle, the gargoyle as, yeah. as their logo. And uh, I did some reading and it started off, it was Stone. Yeah. It did start at Stone and in 19, or in, what year was it? 2015. In 2015, they split and started Arrogant Brewing. Arrogant however, brewing. Ah. however, on the Stone Brewing website, they still have Arrogant Bastard listed as one of their beers. I want to. So I think I'm they kind of work in conjunction. Yeah, I want to read into it a little more because yeah. it's really interesting. It must just be like a like a subsidiary. Probably. Kind of, you know probably. what I mean? All right. Anyway, let's, let's give it a try. Uh, we're not worthy. Cheers. You're not worthy. I mean, it's all oh, right. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Have you guys had this before? No. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's delicious. It's very um. Heavy. Lots of coffee. 
There's a lot Co- of coffee. Coffee in the back and a lot of, of like caramel flavor yep. too. It's, it's, I, I love this. What stuff. do you it's think, JD? Like it? Yeah, it's a little bit on the heavy side. It is. It oh is yeah, heavy. It absolutely. Yeah. It's very arrogant tasting. <laughs> it's really kind of full of itself. A little, a little heavy on the on the uh, on the arrogance, but you know. It's a it's a bit haughty, with undue assumption and overbearing I, conceit. Oh, is that, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. All right. So now Jerk. that you know what we're drinking, now that you know what we're talking about. Oh, you stole my oh, thing. Oh, I totally stole it from you. Damn it. Let's That's get what we're drinking. Blade. That's what we're talking about. You stole all of my stuff. That's bullshit. Cannibal <laughs> <laughs> corpse over here. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, I have good news. Yeah. Nobody died. Oh, nice. Yes. Nobody died. Oh, good. That's good weeks when we can say I'm that. relieved, yeah. <clears throat> now, you know, next week's going to be filled with like 10 <laughs> of them. Well, I was going to say, because you already did a correction about somebody dying. I was like, man, I hope nobody died this I week, because right? this is already a bummer. So, speaking of awesome things like nobody dying. Yeah. Guess who just joined the cast of Kevin Smith's horror anthology, Kilroy Was Here? Who? Lindsay Lohan. No. <laughs> Close, though. Ashley Teasdale. Crit- Chris Jericho. <laughs> really? Nice. That's, that is close. Um, yeah, so Kevin Smith has been shooting this uh, horror anthology called Kilroy was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, off and on. He's shooting it at, I forget the name of the uh, school, but he's been shooting it on the campus of a film school. So all of the ca- uh, uh, crew are film students. Oh, cool. And so they're all learning how to do stuff. And like it's it's a little bit slower, he was saying, but like <clears throat> the, 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 the kids have such a, a yearning to do it. It's yeah. like there's no problem that they can't overcome. Right. And so he's been, this is his third trip down to... Plus he doesn't have to pay them. <laughs> hey, he's paying them an experience. There you go. Um, yeah, so this is his third trip down and they're doing uh, more to it. The, the, the article that I read, I'm not sure if he's only directing one of the segments and mm-hmm. then maybe just producing the rest i'm not sure i thought he was directing the entire thing yeah the article that i read made it sound like maybe he wasn't uh so we'll find out obviously later but uh it just it, it it's two of my my loves kevin smith and horror anthologies professional wrestling oh oh jericho. <laughs> just mixing together. Yeah, i forgot that you even mentioned jericho <laughs> it uh it actually just came up in my facebook memories today of What's when that? i ran into kevin smith oh yeah when we were we were walking through the uh the hotel mm-hmm. and uh at caesars in windsor we went to go stay a concert over there or something yeah. and they they had a comic-con going on over there and so we're walking and sarah turns to me and she goes Holy shit, that's Kevin Smith. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just walking, not paying attention. And I go, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, and this was because you uh, you mentioned that you guys went as Jay and Silent Bob for... That Halloween, those right? Were, that's still, like, to this day, one of my favorite hollow, couple's Halloween costumes ever. <laughs> you guys look so awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> I would have like, literally nut myself had I seen Kevin Smith just walking. He had his whole entourage with him. His, you know, she said that verbal enough to where he could have uh, heard it, but <laughs> oh, he, he, he didn't even turn and, and look or anything. That's awesome. Yeah, I that would have been that would have been a bad day. I would have completely made an ass out of myself. I would have <laughs> walked up to him and be like, I, I want to shake your hand, but I can't because I nut. He had the old jersey on and everything. Oh and, yeah. Uh, now, so he, because I know that. Like um, Fat Smith too. Now, now, uh, now, now he's now he's all skinny. Heart yeah. Now, Mikey, you you are the type of person who you say when you see a, a famous person in real life, like mm-hmm. you don't want to go up and get a picture or say hi. He, or would. You would do it to him. Well, yeah, because you don't want to bother famous I've, people. You just want to let just, them be people. I have. 
I know this sounds kind of pretentious almost. I have a lot of respect for the craft, you know, and I understand that they're doing a job and that when they're outside, if they're at like a, uh, if they're working, bastard. if they're working, like, ha, nah. if they're like on set or something like that, yeah. and there's a minute where they're not sure they're working, like right. that that's, they're, they're in that, that bubble of that's mm-hmm. who they are. But like, if they're off the clock. And they're just out at a restaurant getting dinner and right. they're just trying to take keep to themselves or whatever. That's when you go I'm up not, and you say hi. Yeah, I'm not going I'm not going to, unlike some people at this table. Um uh, Well, hey, yeah, hold yeah, on. Uh, no. Uh, uh, that was that was facilitated <laughs> by other people. Thank you very much. I, I was saying don't and do it. It was again. my birthday. She seemed annoyed. She didn't seem annoyed yes, at she all. Did. Oh, no, yeah, she, she did. did. Not. She, I, uh, she I, like, I, oh, oh. Well, she's not gonna she? be mean to you. It was uh the girl that played uh it was Phyllis on No, not Phyllis. Phyllis? No. Uh, it was Kate Flannery from The Office. She played Meredith Palmer. Meredith, that's oh, it. Yeah. And then she was also with Brittany Snow, who is a total babe. Yeah, Brittany Snow. And so and we were at, um, uh, what the hell's the name of the place that our friends um, work at? Granite City. Granite City. Uh, for It was, it was, it was for birthday. my birthday. Yep. We had just gone to the trampoline park, and then we went to Granite City afterward. And... Uh, and Nicole was, she said, uh, Meredith from the office is sitting over there in the dining room. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to go over there, but somebody said, you got to go over there. Go say hi. It's like one of your favorite shows of all time. You got to go say hi. And so, what did I did you call her a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I did, to her face. Good. She seemed mildly put off by that. She was very nice, and she, she didn't was, seem. She no, was nice. In your stupid, I don't know. in I your stupid don't... paranoid eye, you're paranoid about everything. Just, you thought it's that not she even looked that, though. upset. They, they probably get it all the time. They just want to eat a fucking meal. She's out with. She's out with her actor friend. They don't need people then, running up to them all the time. Then don't be famous. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> don't eat. It's, it is your fault. You're famous. That's the equivalent of saying she was wearing a short skirt. That is not. That is the equivalent. That is not at all, you fucking <laughs> Like she was creep. asking for it just because she's famous. Wow. No. You no. just took this into weird territory. Just saying. Way to go. Just saying. Get What's next in the news, you <laughs> creeper? I will say this, though. If I saw Kevin Smith, though, even when he was eating, I would go up to him. And the only reason is because, like him, Adam Green, guys I listen to their podcast, yeah. uh, they've actually talked about how they love it. Like so, I know that about them. Like so, they wouldn't get put off by it at all. And just a disclaimer on my end, I'm sure Meredith is not a bitch in real life. <laughs> no, but on the office, she she had that kind of attitude. She for a yeah, bit. a little bit, a little bit of a wino. But uh, she was very lovely in real life. Mm. I, I, I had a nice little chat with her mm. for about five seconds. Speaking of Meredith from the office, oh, Richard Stanley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Richard nice Stanley segue. is uh, making a return to the director's chair. Okay. All right. First time now he's done a couple of short films mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, little short films and documentaries, but he has not returned to feature <clears throat> directing since Hardware, I believe, which was before the Island of Doctor Moreau in what was it ninety six? I think it was. Yeah. Um, so well, I mean, and then his short stint on the Island of Doctor. Well, yeah, Moreau. but he has not released a feature length right. film. Now I had just mentioned he's working on another Moreau, but who knows when that'll come out. Right. Uh, however, he is returning to the director's chair with a uh, a movie. Uh, very, very, uh, uh, I don't know where he got this title from. You know, he directed Hardware back in the day. This new one, movie is called Malware. Hmm. <laughs> big departure. Um, I know, right? Very big departure. So, uh, as, uh, as Richard Stanley says, uh, Malware's inception came about as the result of the alarm felt by many over the role technology is playing in bringing about this strange new dark age of populist sentiment. 
Hmm. If you can picture him saying that, it sounds exactly like something he would say. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, the role of technology uh, bringing about the strange new dark age of the popular sentiment. Uh, that was, no. That's, that's pretty good. Isn't he Kiwi? No, he's British. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So then it was good. Uh, yeah, 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 still not yeah, that great. Yeah, five out of ten. <laughs> um, he says, without giving too much away, I felt inspired by the sinister <clears throat> nature of the dark web and its inevitable, invisible hands effect on modern society. I think now more than ever, submersive visual storytelling is poised for a comeback, and malware is definitely that. Cool. So I'm very excited to see oh, uh, a new Richard Stanley. He's South African, by the way. Oh, he's South African. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. That's closer to London than Kiwi is. Just saying. Um, I I'm bad at geography, <laughs> so I'm not going <laughs> to confirm or deny um, that. <laughs> I was excited to see a new Richard Stanley movie. Yeah. You know, uh, hardware was, was awesome. Yeah. Um, so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always been fascinated by his um, by his style, though. And I and we should do... That should be our director spotlight. Director spotlight. spotlight. That should be one of our director spotlights. We do that. Yeah. It's it Richard Stanley. Yeah, it gives for an sure. excuse to finally fucking watch, uh, was it Dust Devil and uh, Hardware? Yeah. I think it was Dust Devil was the other one. But um, anyway, um, well, he's just a super interesting guy. If you haven't watched that, uh, the documentary oh, about the making of Island of Dr. Moreau, like he's just, he's kind of manic and mm -hmm. like just sort of naughty, but also quite brilliant. And but it's not I, making fun of him necessarily. No, no, it's no, just, no, not at all. It's, it's just, just a it's very literally just the story of how all that shit went down, and it. it's yeah. pretty fascinating. Like he wasn't ready for it's the a very big, frank look at what he was. He wasn't ready for the big leagues, and he got thrown into this situation and just kind of lost his mind over it. And yep. it's a really cool documentary. Yeah, very, very cool. Highly recommend it. Um, so, what's our favorite um, Asian zombie movie? Train to Busan. Oh, hey, you want a sequel? Yes. All right. Okay. So, so Yan Seng Ho, the director of Train to Busan, has confirmed he's working on a sequel to his zombie masterpiece, Train to Busan, uh, hoping to shoot in the first half of next year. So coming pretty quick here. Sweet. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, we're big fans. We did an episode on uh, Train to Busan. I think it was our zombie episode. <laughs> that would make sense. Right? <laughs> I could, it could have been uh, It could have been like our... Uh, um, which which country is he from? Uh, uh, Korea. Uh, Korea. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. could have been a Korean episode, even though we haven't done one. Right. I mean, we've talked about one. a lot of we've <laughs> talked about a lot of Korean horror because they make fucking awesome movies. But they do. Uh, yeah, so uh, that is coming and that is awesome. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, not a whole lot of news this week. Uh, this is the last one actually. Uh, no, it's not. There's two more. But before we get there. <laughs> What's new on Blue Baby? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go. What's new on Blue Baby? Uh, a brand new 101 minute dimensions. <laughs> Not to be confused with a Blue Baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, shut up. A brand new uh, 101, not Dalmatians, 101 minute documentary called Hammer Horror, The Warner Brothers Years takes an in-depth look at the relationship between England's world-renowned production company and the American distributor, distributor that helped bring them back to the forefront of the genre in the late 60s and 70s. Directed by Marcus Hearn and featuring exclusive interviews, rare production stills, previously unseen footage, Hammer's original shooting locations, and access to previously unpublished archive documents, this documentary is sure to fly off the shelf, and there are only a few hundred copies available, so oh, really? jump, jump on it Weird. quick. Uh, that's out on August 26th. Next up, get ready to feel old again, boys, just oh. like last week. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas will be getting a standard Blu-ray release through all retailers. Are we on 20 years? Hold on. I'm getting to it. Okay. 
That's my guess. As well as two special edition releases through Best Buy and Target. All of this in celebration of the 25-year anniversary of the the beloved holiday classic. Yeah, can you believe that? Mm. Just like Hocus Pocus. Wait, it's just as... Nightmare on the Nightmare Before Christmas came out the same year as Hocus Pocus. You better believe it. <laughs> Holy shit! Know, what dude, kind of witchcraft is this? <laughs> hey yo! Um, the limited edition release through Best Buy will feature uh, glow-in-the-dark packaging. Let me rephrase that. Rephrase that. Stunning steelbook glow-in-the-dark packaging. Stunning steelbook. Oh. Uh, and much like the Hocus Pocus anniversary release from the last week, Target will be getting the much better release with a with regular packaging as well as a forty-page gallery book. All three releases will arrive on September fourth. Awesome. Target I'm a little bit knows bummed. a good package. I'm a little bit. They do. I'm a little bit bummed that all the special editions now. Like, if it's Best Buy, it's automatically steelbook. And if it's Target, it's pretty much forty page. It's a bigger, it's a big box. Yeah. It does come in a bigger box. I'll sure. give it that. But then the standard release and a forty page booklet. Right. Like every single one. Like I feel like they did better stuff back in the day. You Target. Know? Yeah. Like the, the, I mean, you would, would know more... better than I would. I'm not really yeah, a collector, and, and, but and honestly, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I just feel as though they used to do more like the Stranger Things. That's still fairly new, I suppose. But yeah. Stranger Things, their box oh, like the was VHS made with a big VHS box. case. Yeah. Like, do right. cool stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like Hocus Pocus should like <clears throat> should be packaged with a broom that you can sweep your house with. Wasn't that the one that <laughs> was? What, didn't they say the packaging was going to look like the book though? Uh yeah. Maybe no. That might have. No. That was for the steel book. Though. That was for the steel book. The steam yeah. box. That was for the steel book. All so, right. Next know. up, eighty-eight films announced a trio of movies coming out on Blu-ray later this year. First up, Zombie Flesh Eaters, aka mm. After Death, that will be part of the Italian collection and will arrive uncut, scanned in two K, and region free October twenty-second, just like Mike, uncut. Next up, <laughs> as part of eighty-eight films continuously growing slasher classic. Not. <laughs> As part of 88 Films' continuously growing Slasher Classics collection is 1981 Student Bodies. Uh, look for that one on no- November 26th. Are they uncut too, James? I don't know. The student Body? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final, which is also part of the Italian collection, is Rats, Night of Terror, featuring a new HD transfer. Uh, our friends at Beyond the Void Horror Podcast, yeah. they actually just discussed this one for their 100th episode. Oh, yeah? Was it so. because of the ghost song? Uh, why? Rats! <laughs> you, you ever heard that, that ghost song? I, I didn't know what you were talking That's about. So I thought good. you were talking about an actual ghost. <laughs> uh, so, if you want a little insight on uh, this Italian cheese fest before you buy it on November 12th, go check that episode out. Uh, Severin Films has done restorations of anthrop- anthropoph- anthropophagus. That's a hard word to say. Anthropophagus. <laughs> Clearly. Hold on. Anthropophagus. Anthro- oh, I can't do anything. Anthropophagus. There we go. And Absurd, two of Joe D'Amato's 80s Splatterfests. Uh, not about Mike's mom, actually. Both movies will be available individually or One can day be... she's going to listen to this. <laughs> she... She's going to be like, Mike, you got a lot of splatting to do. <laughs> and then she's going to know exactly what we're talking about and agree with us. Uh, both movies will be available individually or can be purchased together as part of the Maneater Bundle, which comes with an adorable little plush of the uh, the um, the uh, anthropophagus himself eating his own intestines. Yum. Uh, or you can get an alternate bundle that comes with a special video nasty slipcase. Both releases <laughs> are loaded down with special extras and will, specials and extras and will be out September 25th. Last, and certainly not least, uh, this actually appears to be a little bit of a social media slip, but there was information that has since been taken down from social media that seems to confirm the Vestron Blue release of Stephen King's one and only directing credit. That is, of course, the 1986 Ultimate Man vs. Machine Showdown 
Maximum Overdrive. Maximum. <coughs> Which we might be doing next month. <coughs> Emilio! <laughs> uh, like I said, this hasn't been officially announced, but all the signs point to it being true. So uh, it's apparently going to be out October 23rd if it actually is coming out. So, are you done? Yes. Okay, so you said Zombie Flesh Eaters 3, yeah. correct? Um, that is also um, it's just one of those movies that goes by like a bunch of different names. Uh, Zombie Flesh Leaders, Flesh Leaders, no, Flesh Leaders, Flesh Eaters <laughs> is also the same series that is known as the Zombie series, the Italian Zombie series, mm, okay. uh, which is so fucked it's up. It's all twisted it, it up is in the, the craziest. Whole, yeah. I'm not even going to try to yeah, explain don't it here. Even. Um, but so Zombie Three would be Zombie Flesh Eaters Three. So okay. if you know it by that title. And not the other one, then there you Wait, go. Wait, no, I didn't say Zombie Flesh Eaters 3. Oh. I just said Zombie Flesh Eaters, which is also known as After Death. Oh, wait, it's Zombie... Zombie comma, Flesh... No, flesh Eaters? No, just Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah. You said, okay. th- you said three. See, now okay. you're getting yourself all I'm mixed getting, up. You shouldn't have even started in on this. the name of the fucking zombie. Yeah, I, I give you up. You shouldn't have even. Fucking Italian cinema. <laughs> Goddamn Italian cinema. <laughs> all right. What's uh, what's left in the news here? All right. Um, two things. One's quick. One's not so quick. Um, I, I, I need to go on a rant for uh, a second here, if you don't mind. I need to add another notch to the fuck Disney belt. Because yeah. they've been doing a lot lately to piss me off. Uh, this comes uh, via the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Disney is scaling back on all movies. Disney, if you don't remember, bought 20th Century Fox. Right. Uh, so Disney is scaling back on all movies on 20th Century Fox's uh, board that do not fit its family-friendly, franchise-focused formula. Oh, for God's sake. Which means, basically, that the Alien series and the Predator series are done. Really? Done. And And they also go on to say that it is not likely... That they will ever sell those rights. Uh, Why? Because they don't want competition. Jeez. <laughs> well, you're not going to have any competition if you're only putting out family-friendly cinema. Where's the competition? I got nothing for you. Oh, that's obnoxious. I got nothing for you. Jeez. Uh, which is, and also, this bums me out because even though this is technically speaking comic book territory, yeah, the New Mutants, which is a Fox film. Is a horror film, yeah. and they went back and they reshot stuff to make it more horror film like. Yeah, um, they're speculating. Granted, this is conjecture, but they're speculating that, or it's all speculation, I should say, uh, that the New Mutants will probably no longer get a theatrical release and will probably be dumped to VOD, and that is it because Disney does not want to push those types of movies. This is. Uh... Yep. That. Um, that's a bunch of bullshit. Oh, oh, I, can, I haven't even gotten to the best part I yet. I could go on and on about who I think is the cause of all of this because... Mickey Mouse? No, it's just... I, I don't I don't even want to get into a conversation like this, but nowadays, nowadays there are certain groups of people who if they yell loud enough, they have a lot of... They got, they've, they've got a lot of pull. In fairness, though, and Disney's you've been got, like this for a long time. Disney does not put out anything... That is remotely risque, unless it's a dick on the cover of uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, I I get it, but Disney should have a subsidiary, or you know that yeah. that isn't what they do. Like they own all these franchises now. Make an adult subsidiary, uh, su- yeah. subsidiary under that umbrella right. to do this. Yeah, they're they're missing out on money, in my opinion. Um, 
that sub that that subsidiary could be 20th Century Fox. <laughs> oh wow, there's a shocker. <laughs> wait a but second. But wait, but wait, it gets better. Hmm. The Wall Street Journal also suggests that it's possible that Disney could shut down 20th Century Fox completely, bringing an end to an 83-year-old company. I don't. What do you so even say? So pour one out for your dead homie, and uh, I poured into my mouth. Yes. We're in the studio. I don't. Want I'm to... just pissed, man. Did what? I don't understand that business bullshit. Bull. <clears throat> I really, really, really don't get it. Um, like I, I said, I think it. I, I honestly think it's. I I can't say this for sure, but with the way things are nowadays, it seems like a lot of social pressure that causes these kinds of things to happen. Maybe, like, look at the, the shit that's going on with James Gunn. The entire cast of the movie Disney. wanted to reinstate him. They said, we we know he's an amazing guy. Like, he said some really shitty things in the past, but he's a good guy now, and he's an amazing Apparently director. Marvel Bring Studios. him back into the fold. And, and Disney won't do it because there's still a small sliver of the population who says, once you make a joke about you know pedophilia or rape or whatever yeah those are terrible things but it says says the company who was founded by an anti-semite right <laughs> just putting that out there yeah so um yeah uh, and marvel's actually marvel studios is actually getting on disney about the james gunn thing now too are they really yeah it's not gonna do any difference no it's gonna make a difference but so um bullshit. all right to round out our news um something this, happier this is, i hope i mean kind of <laughs> 30 some odd years later rabid grannies is getting a sequel oh hey <laughs> that was actually it was a pretty fun movie i actually it's, enjoyed it it's called rabid grannies 2 ravenshore there was a teaser trailer that was dropped um I, it, it doesn't really show anything, so who the fuck knows what we're gonna get? If it's if it's just, I mean, like if they stick to just the, because Rabbit Grannies, despite it being like a very low budget B flick, it had some really cool practical yeah. effects and, yeah. and, and and some really funny moments. If they if they stick to I that agree. to that formula, I think it'll be pretty cool. And Troma's not making it, so I mean, then again, Troma just released it. It was made by another company, right. but still, um, yeah. So we'll see. All right. Rabbit Grannies, that's how we're taking you out of the news this week. <laughs> uh, there you go. And we'll take you out with some wisdom with Wilson. Oh, hit me, Wilson. Better to have a man think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Err? <laughs> Boom! That was the news. <laughs> better, <laughs> wait, better a man to think you're a fool than to... Oh, because you talk and you're dumb. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Shouldn't have opened my mouth. Should have just, just kept your <laughs> damn tramp shut. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta get some music for this. We gotta get some music for Will, uh, <laughs> Wisdom with Wilson. <laughs> All right. What's, um, what's funny is uh, I haven't seen an episode of Home Improvement in years, and then just since you started last week doing the the words of wisdom from Wilson, all no, of a sudden I'm words words of Wilson. Words, words of, of words of Wilson. All of a sudden, I I flip on the the telly a couple days ago, and there's like a whole block of Home Improvement on one of the five channels I get. So nice. that was cool. I watched it. I did. Get, get down with some JD, JTT. JTT. Oh, yeah. God. He's so foxy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jonathan Taylor. Tootsie. Take me. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This is ridiculous. We need, to, we need to take a break here to regroup. When we get back, uh, we're going to dive headfirst into this uh, Bad Brew Creep Show 3. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure out whether or not, um, you know, it's as bad as everybody says it is. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. 
Alright, so Creepshow Trace. Um, here's a weird thing. A lot of people don't realize that there is an actual Creepshow 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, in the horror community, we know about it because we know about a lot of stuff we probably just shouldn't know. <laughs> it's like useless information. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and say that Creepshow 3 is necessarily useless information. Um, but it's kind of useless information. <laughs> uh, so Creepshow 3, uh, which came out in 2006, uh, was directed by Ava Clavel and James Glenn Duddleson. Anna Clavel, not oh, Ava. It? Oh, why do I have Ava? I don't know, because you're stupid. I thought it was AVA. <laughs> no. maybe, maybe I was listening to like, Angels and Airwaves or something like that. I don't a- know. A-N-A. Um, okay, so Anna Clavel, sorry. So this is the second sequel to the original Creep Show from 1982, which was uh, five short stories wrapped around an EC Comics theme. Had this really really awesome, like uh, comic book anime animated segments that connected everything. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the the original was directed by George fucking Romero. It was written by Steve fucking King. <laughs> um, like it, it's just it was just a great like combo of ideas a great a great movie i mean the original classic the original in the horror community is is viewed as one of the the best horror anthologies ever if you're putting if you're putting together a a bible based on horror movies this would be creep show would be one of the books it would be an apostle of like horror god whoever that would be (laughs) satan i don't know (laughs) that makes sense um like it's just it's yeah i mean everybody listen to this we don't need to tell you how great creep show is right it's it's absolutely incredible um and creep show 2 although not as good as the original was still amazing absolutely still Uh, done by show 2 which came out in 1987 Mm -hmm. a few years later uh not directed by romero however romero and king did return to write the segments right so you still have that that influence you still have that um that, that classic, you know, horror backbone to it. Sure. Uh, I was directed by a guy named Michael Gornick. Maybe one day we'll actually do these uh, as a... As retrospective, an, as a retrospective or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily we're getting this out of the way. But... <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that was three more tales. Which And actually, i got to be honest with you. I prefer Creepshow 2 over Creepshow 1. I know it's a pretty unpopular opinion. Um, I think it's because I saw, I think, Creepshow 2 first when I was younger. And so, uh, Woodenhead... Chief Woodenhead Chief always Woodenhead, yeah. uh, always stuck with me. I love that one for some reason. I, uh, the raft, the raft, I really is like. Fantastic. A lot, yeah. um, their soundtrack ain't half bad either. Thanks, Waxworks Records. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. The Hitchhiker is the third one in that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, so then that then the, the series laid dormant for a long time, eighteen years to be exact. Good lord. So after eighteen years, somehow, some way. A company called Taurus Entertainment Group uh, got the rights to the brand. Um, now, this is the same... You've probably never heard it before, but uh, Taurus Entertainment is owned by Duddleson and Cavell. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Duddleson's two brothers are also involved. Call him Doodleson. I like is that it, better. Doodleson? I don't Doodleson. know how you actually say it, but Doodleson sounds funnier. All right, Doodleson. Done. <laughs> um, so they own this Taurus Entertainment Company, and they also own the rights to the name Day of the Dead. Now, they put out a movie called Day of the Dead Contagium, which is not a word, by the way. Contagium? No, Contagium. <laughs> it's not a word. It's not? It's not a word. Um, yeah. How's it spelled? C-O-N-T-A-G-I-U-M? Yep. 
contagion. Are you sure that's not a word? It's not a word. Did look you it look up. it up? Look it up. I'm going to look it up. Do it as I'm talking. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, they put out this, this this terrible Day of the Dead prequel that was that was um, supposedly like a prequel to the original Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and said like where the virus came. It was awful. It had nothing to do with the original stuff. Like, it was just like terrible. They basically bought the name somehow. I don't know how they afforded it. But they got the name, and they put out these terrible movies. They were also producers on Day of the Dead Bloodlines, which just came out in the last year and a half or so. Uh, Contagium is the plural of Contagia, an agent capable of causing a communicable disease. <laughs> I, 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 I have no words for you. You stand um, corrected. <laughs> you're right. Sorry. That's all right. Apparently, Whoa. the English language is not my strong suit yeah, today. That's not your bag. <laughs> you know, right. I think he was just sitting there. He's reading through it. He's like, you know what? I don't think that sounds like a word. <laughs> that doesn't look like a real word. <laughs> that don't sound like no word I've ever heard. But I ain't going to look it up and find out if it's true or not. <laughs> no, the only reason I had that is actually I was reading something earlier that was talking about this. Mm-hmm. And they said that it wasn't a word. And I'm like, well, they probably know what they're talking about. You read it on the internet, so it must be so, true. This is this is this is where you, this case in point, people. Don't take what you read on the internet. <laughs> was this just like some high schoolers live journal from two thousand three? I don't know what I got. It was, I was reading a shit ton of stuff today about this. Uh-huh. Anyway, though, they were also mm-hmm. producers on Day of the Dead Bloodlines. Taurus okay. did not put it out, but Doodlesons were producers. Which uh, which means they are the ones that actually own the rights. Probably we talked guess. about that movie in a previous episode we did. too, and that movie not the worst sucked. movie ever, but yeah, not great, but not, not great. great, not great. Um, so yeah, so they miraculously obtained the rights to these movies. Uh, no clue how that happened, and they just proceeded to put out just garbage, banking on a name to sell a flick. Oh. That's pretty much what they did. So in case you were wondering, in case you were wondering, there was any any redeeming quality to this. Mike just let you know that there is not. That's not to say that there's not anything <laughs> redeeming, but um, listen, let's just get it out of the way real quick. We're going to go through it, and we're going to analyze it. Uh-huh. But I think um, to set the stage, you know, we watched The Island of Dr. Moreau, and we ended up liking it a yeah. lot. Uh, this one, it it deserves the reputation that it has. Like, yep. I hate to say it. Exactly. There, I, I get the fact that, and we'll get into this, and I, I, I get the fact that there was probably not a lot of money. Most of the money probably went to buying the name, let's be honest. Um, and it shows. Yeah. It, it really does. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit, though. Um, the problem is they ditched the EC Comics angle. Mm-hmm. So you had some things that were comic book-esque, I guess, to, to just try to loosely base it. But it wasn't anything that even remotely made it feel as though it fit with the first two Right. Movies. You right. know, like it was just, it just didn't work whatsoever. And there was no, um, they're really, they're, they kind of ditched the wraparound yep. in this too. Yep. Because in the, in the, in the first two creep show movies, there were the, the live action segments and then the wraparound was the, uh, the animated segments. Correct. And uh, what they did though, what they did in favor of that though, is they had sort of like a trick or treat type of scenario where, where they, all the different stories all the wove stories together. together right. But whereas Trick or Treat did it amazingly well, mm-hmm. Creepshow did it amazingly, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> Not uh, well. That's the one. <laughs> they did it unwell. They did it real unwell. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's, 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 let's dive in. Let's do it. <clears throat> so Ooh, let's what, do it. <laughs> what we have here are uh, was there five segments? Five, five yeah, segments. Five segments. Um, first one called Alice, followed by whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. What? Before we even get to Alice. Oh, okay, fur. 
for there, sure. There's usually not much point in talking about opening credits. Oh, I get what you're getting at okay. here. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's so lazily done, yeah. it's like they, they had like a hundred bucks, right? And they went to a guy and go, we need you to draw us basically what would look like a comic book cover because that's what Creepshow came from. And to be fair, the actual the actual cover of this movie not bad. I think it's pretty cool looking. They outsourced it probably. That's why it's sure. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's where they spent but all their money. What they for the problem is though is it's almost like the cover of the DVD and the poster was the only piece of artwork that they had. Right. Uh-huh. And so for the credits, when you're when they're doing their opening credits, all they're doing is taking that image and just literally just spinning it on a weird axis around the frame. Right. And there are times. When the picture literally goes out of frame, and you just see blackness, <laughs> like you see the edge well, of the poster. Well, it's like Jay. You know how you're you're pretty familiar with iMovie. Both oh, of yeah. us use it to to edit videos and stuff like that sometimes. And uh, you know the Ken Burns effect that you can use. Yeah. Where you can set it up to 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 move from frame to frame to a different part. That's all they did with this opening credits. They took this one picture, this one piece of art. And as the credits were rolling, they just they zoomed in on one portion of the picture, and then suddenly it would just shift over to another part of the picture. Yeah, it's... but like Mike said, there were there were parts where you were just seeing like black screens, or you were seeing the border of the illustration. It's and like what are you doing? on top of that? The picture itself pretty much only has one focal point, and that is the the fortune teller in front of the crystal ball, right? And then a shadow. There's not too much to really switch from, so a lot of what you're seeing is just dead space on the poster. Right. Or you're seeing like the side of her face, or you're like it just not to mention not to mention the whole aesthetic of the 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 crystal ball and the fortune teller sitting in front of the crystal ball that has nothing to do with the movie. Not at all. There's no fortune teller whatsoever. There is a crystal ball. But it's it's yeah. very it's like they pass over it very quickly. It was the homeless guy who was selling the radios and stuff. He he, at one ball. point, yeah. he says there's a crystal ball sitting yeah, there, and it, that's it, the only time they ever mention anything like that in the movie. And it's sad because you watch this and you're just like, already, this is is about ten steps below where we last left the Creep Show series, right? And you're like, this doesn't bode well. Um, so then you go directly into what I thought was going to be cool. Oh, they actually have an animated segment. That's going to be a wraparound. Okay. So they're trying to do the creep show thing. I think it's less trying and more, well, I feel like we have to put something animated in here because there was animation in the original That's movies. exactly what it was, I'd say. Um, this animation would not have won the 1995 Blue Ribbon Elementary School Flash Programming <laughs> Award. That's how bad, that, that's how bad this was. That's bad. Um... It, it literally looked it was, about it ten was, years out of date. Oh yeah. Um, it looked like a like a bad Newgrounds like video game you used to play on like Windows ninety five back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it, was Newgrounds the right company? Am I thinking of? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. Whatever. There, there's an old company. It might not be Newgrounds, but like <clears throat> there there's an old company that used to do this really bad looking Flash games, and um, that's what it looked like. And and the art style made no sense. No. It was not, like, well, not it was to mention weird. not to mention they never went back to the animation at no, all. They did it once. They, it wasn't one a, and done. it wasn't a wraparound kind of thing. And even the th- even the thing that they set up, it almost it. Now, is this actually in Trick or Treat, or was it only in the special features where there is actually a little animated segment where you see Sam walking around town? I believe it's only the special. Only features. in the special features. Yes. It reminded me a lot of that because you had this little. 
this little boy in a hoodie and he's uh he's walking around town he just looks like an innocent little boy but then it turns out he's kind of he you know it's more sinister he kills it yeah. kills a dog and then he goes and he sets up a hot dog stand and he's like using the dog's body parts as hot dogs and- they and, do actually go back to that in the last segment, but they never wrap it back around to the animation. Like and they, they never. Well, yeah. It's a, why is it a little kid? And why then, is it? I, it I, it's literally like they saw the special features from Trick or Treat, and they're like, "Yeah, what if a little kid is walking around being a little monster?" That would have been and, impressive seeing how Trick or Treat came out like twelve years later. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been real impressive. <laughs> Shut up. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so don't, right don't, off the don't bat. Don't use your logic on me. Two you... things, though, that are just like, ugh. It, it's, a, it's a kick to the nuts. You know, like, you're going into Creepshow. You want it, you want it to be, it doesn't, even need to, it doesn't even need to be as good. Just decent. Like, right. like every franchise has, low, has lulls, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. This could have just been, like, worse than the, the first two, but still passable. Mm-hmm. And it's like they didn't even try. <laughs> it was it was just bad. Um, okay, so now, James. Did you end up watching the whole thing, Jay? Oh, oh yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. So there, there were some parts I liked. And there were, and there yeah, was... there were there were parts where I was, I, I, I was certainly entertained. Not always, but there were parts where I was entertained. I had to watch this movie three times because I fell asleep during parts of it twice. <laughs> So, so you know, Which there's is been not a, good. <laughs> there's been a couple instances in the past where I'm like, yeah, I'll look up this video, and I ended up watching the the incorrect video. Where I've done that a <clears> couple yeah, times yep. in the past. I'm good for that. I thought I did that with this one, right? So I'm watching it, and you know, there's the family with the girl in the beginning and all that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it flips to this the scene about this guy, you know, and, and uh, him with his uh, hooker roommates or, or not roommates, but uh, uh, people that live around him. Uh, residences. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jen, you hooker. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is going on here, and, and that goes on for like half hour about this guy and this radio, and I'm like, what's uh, what, what happened to this family? I just clicked. I got, I got zoned into this guy, and uh, I'm like, I think that I'm watching the wrong movie or something. I, I know it was supposed to be at that family. Is this the the wrong version or something? And, uh, and it eventually did all tie in back into each other. Yeah. but it was it was just kind of late. Well, out did you weird. going into the? Have you seen the original Creep Show? I Creep did show not. Too? Okay, so did you realize going into this as, that it was a an anthology? I also did not. Okay, that <laughs> that makes sense. Do it. <laughs> but it was uh, it was it, yeah, it was cool though. Well, because the first one is only what 15 minutes long. Uh, about that, yeah, and so it the, ends pretty damn abruptly. Yeah, it really does. So the first one we're talking about. The first segment's called Alice. Yes. Uh, James? Um, Alice is... I don't have a... Uh, are there actually... Alice, Alice is basically about a girl who's walking home from school. She gets to her house, and her dad's playing with this new universal remote that he bought off of what we come to find out later is basically like a street vendor. Or the, or the, or the professor. Well, see, okay, so there are little, little hints of things that you pick up in the background of this movie that are, I want to say trying to be clever yes Not, i'll give them that they tr- they they try they just try to be hard. clever so she's <laughs> she's walking home she's just this kind of like just this kind of jerk of a little girl like she's walking home she's commenting about all of her neighbors talking about how much she hates her neighborhood even though it looks like a perfectly lovely yep. neighborhood also it's worth pointing out that she's playing like a 16 year old when in reality she's probably in her late 20s yeah well that's <laughs> that, that's that's par for the course for most horror movies but uh 
Uh, so she gets home and she's she gets there. Her dad's fiddling around with this new universal remote mm-hmm. that he got. <laughs> I like it's it's kind of blatant once you start thinking thinking about it. He goes, "I got this new universal remote and it's supposed to control everything." everything. <laughs> okay, a little on the nose there, fellas. Yep. But uh, so it so it he's really. Like, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. He, I was say, he's on the couch playing with it. You got grandma, who looks not like a grandma in the in the chair. She looks really young for a grandma, at least compared to how old the parents look. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she was a whore. And, uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, no. So you have grandma in the chair. Mom's coming in from the side, and then you have her little brother, who the actor I think is older than her, playing the little brother. <laughs> Mark Hoppus, basically. <laughs> I thought he looked like Mark Hoppus. <laughs> I was like, so it's this a, is a 45-year-old guy supposed to be a 13-year-old boy. The snotty little kid playing video games yeah. in front of the TV. Hey, hey, you're fat. Hey. Yeah. Like, and he's like easily late 30s. Like, this, <laughs> this does not make sense at all. Um, so, yeah, so he's filling this remote. And uh, essentially, the story is that every time he hits something, he hits subtitles. And the whole family... Well, the first one he says, I think this is supposed to con- uh, control the, the color and the hue. And so he hits oh, it. Oh, I didn't even pick it up. So on he that. hits it. She walks upstairs. She's talking on her on her phone with her her friend, and yep. then all of a sudden her friend's not there anymore. And she walks around the house, and nobody's there. And then she circles back around into the living room, and her family is black. <laughs> oh, it's it a bit getting, on the nose. Oh, it controlled the hue and the color. <laughs> and she's standing there, and they're having the exact same conversation that she just had with her family. And, as, as if nothing has changed. And mind you, all of the actors from the white family and all of the actors from the black family uh, graduated from the same shitty acting school <laughs> because they're just terrible. terrible. Oh, oh my man. God. So bad. One and, take. I, I guarantee you, the, the director gave them one take and oh, that was yeah. it. Like, it had it, to be. Oh. And didn't have any lines, actually. There was no script. Yeah, <laughs> they like, all just made you it up. You have one take and you, gotta, you kind of have to just feed off of each oh, other. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Going back to your comment about the, the grandmother being a whore, very possible considering what she kept saying. About yes, her. she's like, like, who writes this? What does she say? She says, she's like, uh, she doesn't have an ass. She's like, everyone she, knows that tits are for amateurs, asses are for professionals, or something <laughs> like that. Like, what, what are you talking about, grandma? <laughs> and and the mom's like, is that that's no way for a dean to talk? Like and, she's the dean of a school. Uh, yeah, and they never go like that's just a totally. Random thing, Just innocuous thing. It's a totally it random irrelevant thing that they never needed to be. Yeah, done. it was completely irrelevant. Like the fact they they said she's a dean of a school, so you thought that that would come back up at some point. It does. It the fact that she's yeah. the dean of a school. Yeah. Where she comes back in when the um in the in the the couple later about the uh, um the professor and his uh his wife. At the very beginning of it, she's in the school and she goes up to him. She goes, "You know, it's been three years. You haven't given oh, us results." Oh, that was her. <laughs> That's right. The thing oh, is, I, I don't. I can see why you wouldn't miss it because they don't focus on them enough to right. make things stick. Right. They just expect you to pick up on dumb little things, and you're too preoccupied by how bad the movie is. That you, <laughs> honestly, you don't pick up on them. Yeah. So I don't blame you for not realizing no, that. And they make them look really different, so that doesn't help either. Yeah. Anyway, though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you have so so it's it's now the black family. The dad's on the couch or whatever, looking at the remote. Or, oh, I think this is subtitles. So he hits that, and then suddenly it goes to like a Spanish soap opera, and they're speaking <laughs> in Spanish. Now I can say this: the acting was fantastic because I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. It's the only Much reason better. why it was good. <laughs> High caliber acting. I mean, if you've ever seen a Spanish soap opera, those are. 
I like you said, you can't tell maybe what they're saying. Maybe maybe if you if you understand the language, it's terrible. Who knows? But have you ever watched? Uh, like, have you ever actually seen a Spanish soap yeah, opera? They're feisty. Well, they're absolutely <laughs> feisty, but like uh, like soap operas are notoriously bad. Yeah, I think it's actually the point. Like they they know that they're, they're bad. They're called. Uh, t- uh, Telenovelas? Oh, te- uh, tele. Wait, I think it's telenovelas. I believe is what they're called. Yeah, I'm almost. I'm 99 yeah, th- percent sure. Yeah, that's I think what you're called. right. Yep. And uh, I mean, American soap operas too are terrible. Sure. But for some reason, when you watch the Days of Our Lives, a, oh, pretty fantastic. That John Black, mm. Marlena, when she was possessed oh, by the bitch. devil, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched Days of Our Lives with my sister when I was younger. Get over it. My mom still watches it. Does she really? She does every day. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. My my wife, like back when she doesn't watch them anymore because she's not home around this time. But back when we first got together, she would go through stints where she would like get into. Oh, I, can't. I can't remember which one it was. Like as the world turns, or no, General Hospital. I say I can't watch that. Says the guy who watches wrestling. So I really, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have nothing That's to complain about. That's just a soap opera for men. Yeah. Nah, not just not just for but men. But they're sweating in their underwear, so uh, it's even better. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Anyway, anyway so, back to the story. So the the thing is, is that not only are um, you know her her family changes from white to black and then from black to uh, Spanish speaking, but also throughout every single time it changes, she gets more and more like boils and yeah, like the, bubbling wounds on her skin. The best way that I can describe it, if you haven't seen it, is like the characters turn in Planet Terror. Yeah, you seen Planet Terror? They yeah, get all yeah. like like bubbly and everything. Sure. No. So that was decently cool. The effects looked halfway decent. Except for halfway. One of... I said halfway. Yeah. <laughs> it got more and more. Here's yeah. the problem. They tried to do a bubbling effect with the blisters. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if you noticed this, Jay, but we, we noticed it on the... Because we had, a, I think, a better copy of it that we were watching. I know you, right. were, you watched it online. It was a little bit... I did. A little yeah. bit shitty, right? The quality. Um, what they did to make these blisters like bubble was literally like digitally stretch the frame in like an editing software so it looked like it was literally the film was just being stretched like to get one of the because it was being to get to get get one of the blisters to pulsate instead of like a practical effect where you have a little bladder underneath that's pulsating they were just taking that blister in like an after effects (laughs) program and stretching it out and then retracting oh, it, it and stretching so it, it looks, it looks so, so you could almost see it, it, it like made points you could yeah. almost see where they were clicking on it with a mouse and pulling stretching it like it. It, <laughs> and so I caught bad that. I, I knew it looked off and different i yeah. was like that, that's kind of a weird effect like yeah. I, I was kind of confused by it you well, know i didn't I, but i didn't really put it past to, to trying to figure out what the effect was well because you could tell that the actual blisters themselves were makeup those were Pra- yeah, it was practical it was, makeup. Like I said it was halfway decent. But then to actually make it pulsate, it looks like they just took the lasier out. Yeah. So eventually she becomes this hideous monster. The family wants to kill her. Well, she does. She heads I over. Mean... To, she heads over to the <laughs> professor's house at one point. Yep. And well, she gets like transported into the middle of the street, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. She's just kind of randomly there, and then she runs to the professor's house. And, and she's and she's bubbling and boiling all over the place, and she looks she 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 tries to chase him down, and then this is where you, this is where two of the stories weave together, cause and it, very lazily too, yeah. like she walks into the house and she's just looking around, he's disappeared somewhere, and she's trying to find him to to help, and she just walks in, and then it's like all of a sudden her body's not falling apart, 
Like, it still is, but she's just not paying attention to it. Yeah. She just walks in, and she goes, oh, he's getting married? That's weird. Oh, I forgot about this whole part. Like, yeah. She walks in, and there's, like, a wedding cake there, and like, it looks like he's set up for a party. The only she, realistic part about this entire thing is that she sees the food, she eats the food, but then she sees the bottle of Jameson, she goes right for the bottle of Jameson. <laughs> it's the only realistic part of the entire thing is that she goes for the booze. <laughs> and then the, uh, the, the, the there's a delivery man that comes in. Yeah. What was he even? Did they even say he what was, he was delivering? No, I don't think it mattered. No. It was I, don't the know, I don't think it mattered at all. It, was it the mailman? Yeah, and he was like twelve years yeah. old. What the hell was up with that? I'm like, this kid's still in high school. Hey, <laughs> I just walked into your house randomly to deliver you your package. Well, we got 30, 30 plus year olds playing teenagers. It just makes sense that you would have a twelve year old playing I, a mailman. I, I assume that's I how guess. John delivers his mail. <laughs> just shoving pillows in mailboxes and just jumps up inside the uh, walks inside the house and yeah um so it it really it really ends quite abruptly like she walks into doesn't she walk into a room where mm-hmm. it's like bright light and then she's transported back to her house mm-hmm. and she's transported back to her house and her family's all normal again and she's like oh okay great this nightmare is over and then her dad goes oh i think this one does this and she goes dad no and he pushes one more button and everything stays normal except for she's now just this like hideous freak yeah just crazy just it's like she has every single like skin disease you can possibly <laughs> imagine just one on top of each other but she looks gross um but it's all inexplicable like they never say no like why is she changing every time and why does she change into a rabbit at the end well so she <laughs> she runs outside and you you find out that her dad is a detective uh, and so he runs after her with his gun, and he goes to shoot her, and then all of a sudden the professor shows up and says, no, no, it's okay, she's 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 completely harmless, and she's still standing there like a giant freak. Yeah. And then, and then, and then the family freak. goes, then the freak, and then the family goes, what is it? And then he just turns around, and all of a sudden he's got a little bunny in his arms, and he goes, it's just a bunny. And they go, it's completely inexplicable. And they go, it doesn't oh make sense yeah, it all. is a bunny. And that's it. And then somehow, some way, the mom character kind of goes throughout the rest of the stories, and she is the only one that remembers they actually had a daughter. Yeah, they. Which, they, which also makes no sense because they never go back to that as a, as a plot point. Right. I just, I just don't. I don't know. It it's stupid. like they thought they were being clever, but in the most half cocked way you can imagine. <laughs> Quarter cocked. Quarter cocked. Quarter cocked. Uh-huh. Um. So that's so. That's segment number one. We're off to a banging start. Yeah, did it not make any sense? No. Th- That's because the... it wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was these... just bad all around. Acting bad. Oh, man. It was so... Yeah. I, 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 was, I will give it this. I think that the idea could have been good. I mean, let's be honest. Adam Sandler made an entire movie out of a remote control that changes things. Yeah. Should have won Academy Awards. <laughs> just just <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> um, was, my, my point is... Click? Yes. My my point is is the idea's not terrible. It's just that whoever wrote it shouldn't have. <laughs> like I don't know how else to say it. Like it, it, it just don't. If you was even thinking about it. Just even thinking about it. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Um Be- yeah, before- I don't know. Like it, it wasn't a bad idea. It was just terribly executed. Before we move on, you just said that the mother keeps showing up in different segments. Mm. 
Justin won at the end. Okay, because uh, I was going to say, uh, there's there's a girl in the second segment who I could have swore was the mom from the first segment. She's Eva, the yeah. uh, the prostitute. Correct. Not the same girl, but they look remarkably simil- si- similar, which is kind of weird. Similar. Similar. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, let's get into the second one. So, the second one, uh, called The Radio, actually boasts a, a guy that would go on to actually do really good things. Uh, A.J. Bowen, who uh, would go on to do uh, Your Next, The Sacrament, The Guest, Hatchet 2, House of the Devil. He's done a lot of stuff yeah. in the horror community. He's actually pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his second feature film, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's actually decently good in it. He's, yeah. he's green. He's green. No doubt about it. But he's Super good. Super green. Yeah, no, I, I actually, this, this segment went on a little bit long, but I actually, probably out of all of them, it was... Uh, I'd say this and the um the professor's wife because the professor's <laughs> wife I thought was really funny, but uh, getting into the radio. Yep. Basically, you have this guy who uh, he's a security guard. Mm-hmm. Looks like he just kind of living a simple life. Lives in a house of whores. <laughs> Lives in a house of whores. Otherwise known as a whole house. <laughs> <laughs> he comes home and it's obvious that you know like he's got some. Kind of nefarious things going mm-hmm. on in the 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 bottom level of his, I guess, in it's the top level complex, too. Like yeah. the entire apartment complex is just kind of filled with shitheads. Yep. And he's in the middle of it all. Um, and there's the, one of the hookers that he seems to kind of have. Maybe I she she says hi to him all the time, and he seems like he kind of has a little bit of a crush on her. Yes. But she is a whore, so yes. <laughs> so there's you know a conflict of conflict of interest there it's between conflict of dicks, James. Conflict That's- of Sure. They're all they're all in her. And, the, <laughs> and uh just just one quick note because this is where uh, this segment ties into the next. Mm-hmm. At the v- very beginning when he comes home and he's getting his mail and uh the the hooker who he kind of likes says hi to him and then the pimp's like, "Yeah, get out and make my money" and shit like that. And then there's another hooker who walks down the the stairs. And he's just like, bitch, you got you got a permit to be working in my territory. And when, when he was saying that, the only thing that I could think of was O.D. Beads, uh, uh, better have my money no, or whatever. give him my money. <laughs> bitch, give me my money. <laughs> and that's, that's all I was thinking of. That's the part that ties into the next segment. Because Correct. that girl who's walking down the stairs is is tied into the, 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 the following segment. We'll, we will get there, but there's a very interesting thing about the next segment. A very interesting thing. Is there really? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, so he goes up, he lives in this kind of shitty, well, I say shitty apartment. He gets up there and it's all, it's all like messed up and there's just beer bottles, arrogant bastard uh, beer bottles. arrogant around. bastard beer bottles. Yeah. This is where it comes from. Exactly. We said we were going to come back to it. This is where it comes from. And I was thinking to myself, you know, actually, if he cleaned this place up a little bit, it wouldn't be that bad of a, yeah. an and apartment. He listened, and he apparently listened to you. And then he, and then he listened to me like five were minutes later. Were you in the radio? I was in the radio. <laughs> He's uh, he's upstairs. He, rascal. He goes upstairs and he's listening to a, a game, a baseball game or something on his radio, and it cuts out. So he's like, "Shit!" So he goes out, buys a radio from uh, the craziest homeless man I've ever seen in my well, life. Did he go out intentionally? <laughs> yo, yo! <laughs> that was awesome. Did he go out intentionally to buy a radio, or did his radio die? And he just happened to see that the homeless guy was selling them. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's, that's what, what it is. Like he too. just okay. like he's like fuck my He just went out to do whatever, yeah. and then ended up walking by this crazy ass homeless guy. When he has a perfectly perfectly good TV behind him in the kitchen too. I don't know Did if he, he have a that. TV? Yeah, it was small, but he had a TV. Did he ever turn it on? Nope. It just sat there. So maybe it actually didn't work. 
Oh, maybe the homeless guy didn't have a TD to replace it. <laughs> That's the one. All right. I was kind of under the impression that he knew that it wasn't working. No, he was like, like he wanted some kind of entertainment, uh, and he's like, man, I got to go find something to uh, entertain myself. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. But uh, so he, so he goes. Well, so I, I don't know. So I don't know if he actually went out looking for but a radio or not. He's regardless, out the he goes he out and he buys guy. this radio from this homeless man. The interaction between the two of them, where the, I really didn't get it. Where between the, who? Him and the homeless guy. He says something about how much for the radio, and there was one with with an antenna and one without an antenna. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which I just thought was kind of funny. It's like $5 extra for the antenna. No, it was $5 for the one that didn't it have the antenna. It was $5 for the one without an antenna. Or no, it was $5 for the one with an antenna and $10 for the one without an antenna. And he but says, the one without the antenna was like bigger, so you're getting more radio or something like that? Is that what it was? He says, like why is the one without, or why is the one with an antenna cheaper? And he goes... He goes more radio. All you need is duct tape and a in a coat hanger and blah, blah, blah. like he's just talking nonsense. And the guy's like straight I'll... gibberish. I was like I, I was like this interaction means nothing. Yeah. So he gets the radio, brings it back to the house, and uh, what follows is of all the segments in this entire movie, I like this one the best because of what it reminded me of, and what it reminded me of was. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. So if you're you mean not fo- just like the the talking computer? Yeah. If you're not following, uh, he brings the radio back, listens to it for a bit, and then when he's in the shower, the radio pretty much starts talking to him. Well, he goes to change the station Don't when a song that. comes on, and the radio just goes, "Don't do it." Yeah. Like it's like what? And he basically starts having conversations with this radio mm-hmm. and the radio is talking to him and telling him what to do and convincing him to do things all the way to the point where he's killing people and he's like well it's it's funny it's, how she it's starts bizarre. it's funny how she starts out though like she starts out by just telling him life advice like at one point they're sitting there talking about you just need to get a little bit of money and then uh, and then invest in stocks and yeah. invest in property and it's all about diversification like you have to di- you have to diversify <laughs> so yep. it's pretty innocuous at first and then eventually it gets to the point where she's telling him. Well, she, I, well go ahead. I say I felt like the radio though was out looking looking out for itself though. Like if he did well, the radio would do well, and it was about self preservation for the radio. So yeah. it's, and it was very two thousand and one though, because Hal was very self preservation. Yeah. Anything that he told, uh, I forget the name of the character in two thousand one, but mm-hmm. anything he told the astronaut to do was. In a Always way to for ensure assault. that he because would... they were going to shut Hal down at one point, and right. Hal ended up killing somebody to preserve itself. Uh-huh. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, it's not the same, but that was the kind of what I got from it. No, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying for and sure. I thought I thought, was, I thought that was a really cool thing. The problem with this segment, though, is too damn long. It goes on forever. So <laughs> I fell asleep twice watching this. Once the first time, once with you. I had to rewatch it again today. <laughs> And like, that was why I thought so I was watching the wrong movie again. Yeah. I was like, did I click something, you know, watch, click something or whatever when I wasn't looking and clicked on a different movie because it went on forever. I'm like, where's the, the initial characters? Yeah. It almost seems like you're going to, it, it, it gets to the point where you think you're almost watching a full length movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the first, the but first the segment was only like 10 over. minutes long. And now all of a sudden this one is, it had to be close to 40 minutes long yeah, or something I, like that. Yeah. It's bizarre. Uh, Go from the fifty percent on about this one, because <clears throat> so basically he uh, she she ends up telling him, "I know where you can get a bunch of money. The money turns out to be uh, 
uh, money that the the pimp that lives in his building had stowed away in a different building. Mm-hmm. So he steals the money, but then as they're as he's walking home with the shoebox full of money, uh, somebody sees him and she's like, "You know what you have to do? You can't have any loose ends. You got to kill that guy." And so that guy ends up conveniently actually trying to break into his apartment later that night. So he kills him. But then what? Maybe this is why AJ Bowen's character kills the girl in the car. In House of the Devil, the radio told him to do it. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that that was the guy. The guy that he kills was the neighbor, like his next door neighbor, who had him and his wife were always fighting. Yeah. And uh, she ends up witnessing something, too, so then he's got to kill her. And the radio is just trying to tell him to tie up all these loose ends. Then he ends up running away with one of the hookers. Well, she tells him to. She, <laughs> to be fair, the radio kind of had it right the whole time. She said, "We gotta just get out of here." You have, I think he said, like three hundred thousand dollars at this mm-hmm. point. It's a pretty good chunk of change. Sure. She said, "Get in the car and let's let's get out of here." And then he ends up seeing uh, Eva, mm-hmm. the the prostitute that he's got a crush on. He whore! sees her, the whore, <laughs> and she says, "I can't, I can't live here anymore." Uh, what was the pimp's name? I can't remember what his name was. Uh, his uh, name was I don't his uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah. She says funny. Leon's gonna kill me. I can't stay here anymore because his, his money is gone. And he thinks maybe I like I don't. He was just really upset about it. He's <laughs> he's gonna kill me or something. Yeah. So he ends up taking her taking her with, and the radio warns him against taking her, and he ends up taking her anyway. You know, because he's got to get his rocks somewhere. Another segment that ends <laughs> super abruptly. It does. It's like they don't know how to end stories. They just keep writing and writing and writing to where it gets boring and then they just end. Well, it's, it's kind of like they're like, we need to wrap this up in f- like literally 30 seconds. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They, they get like him and the him and the hooker drive way out of town and then she says she has to pee or something. They stop by this abandoned house on the side of the road and the radio says, kill her. You got to kill her. And he smashes the radio and then all of a sudden the hooker comes up behind him and shoots him in the head yeah like that abruptly but that's not where that's not where it ends because then she stands up and then her head gets blown off and that's where i I didn't really expect any of that i didn't i didn't expect that for sure like her getting her head blown off i thought she was gonna get into the car with the money take off but she gets her head blown off it was leon the pimp Mm-hmm. Who had followed them, and then he gets back into his car, and he's got a little radio sitting in his in his passenger Self-preservation. seat. Self-preservation. Was it the same radio? Was it the same voice? Not and the same radio, but we kind of same voice. Though, we right? kind of said like whatever this is, whatever this entity is, can it just lives in the airwaves. Once again, though, self-preservation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it knew it wasn't gonna get away from there, so yep. it made Leon kill him, so it saved itself. And she and Leon destroyed the radio. No, or not Leon, not, not uh, Leon, uh, 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 AJ Bowen's character yeah, destroyed the, the radio. Right, Jerry. Jerry destroyed the radio, so it needed to survive. It so needed it to needed sur- to kill. I'm get, It must have. It must have been. It must have been able to go into more radio, like more than just one radio at a time, though. Because well, why? Frequency. Why would Leon have known to follow them to begin with? Well, it's, yeah, it's the frequency. So you can talk to and, as many people as possible, probably. And then as but. and then as soon as as soon as Leon gets into the car, it starts talking to him about the same things it was talking to uh, Jerry about. Like you got to diversify. <laughs> Don't even fuck with commodities. You like, <laughs> it's such a weird way to end this segment. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it does. Yeah, that was. 
that was it. Like, I feel like I've, there's Again, really, a there's, wasted opportunity of a good idea. Yeah, it was, I, like we said, I actually was pretty entertained by this one. I thought it was a pretty cool idea, but it, it felt squandered because so, they just didn't wrap it up the way yeah, they should have. Yeah. So moving on to the third segment now is a segment called Call Girl. And uh, this one is, you know, where the first two might have had decent ideas. Mm-hmm. This one just sucked all around. <laughs> this one just wasn't good. It was a dumb idea. I thought, at least. No, I... Do you, you disagree? There's, there's other movies that have done this kind of thing before. Yeah. Better. Where where the uh, where the, the hunter becomes the prey. Sure. Like, you've seen movies like that yeah, before. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's a cool little twist. It's just they didn't really do it all that well. And I, I think that... Um, well, I, I need to take the writer of this, smack them around a little bit, and say, <laughs> do you know what a vampire is? Because this was not a vampire. Well, I did, just because it says vampire, and they never say vampire in the movie. Uh, don't they? I think it just says that, and a lot of people call him a vampire in mm. descriptions and stuff like that. I don't think he was necessarily a vampire. All right, that's fair. But anyway, I'll give you, you that. I'll what, give you that. Anyway, what you have is the, uh, the, call, the call girl from... Uh, the one that Leon said, do you have a permit to be working my territory? She is coming out of that building, and this this takes place right after that interaction happens because mm-hmm. you can actually hear him yelling that to her as she's walking out of the building. Yep. And you see her, like, uh, putting up... They, the problem with this one is they, they never buried the lead at all f- for... Because... So she's walking out of there and she's putting a bloody knife into her purse or something or she like throws the bloody knife oh, was away. There something? Okay. And so you know that she's doing some pretty bad things. And doing so she, hood rat things doing with my hood rat friends. <laughs> I just want to do hood rat things with my friends. And she's so you know she's bad. Like she just she's walking what? She's she's walking back to her she's walking back to her car. She looks she looks in her glove box. There's like a whole collection of knives in there, so you yeah. know she's bad. And she gets another call from this super shy dude and he's saying, I just need some companionship and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Like I said, why they didn't bury the lead is because as soon as she walks into his house and they walk back to the bedroom, they pan to the dining room and you see the corpses of, of, of No, that was not the end. No, you see it as they're going into the bedroom too. Yeah, you see the corpses. You see the corpses of three people like hanging from the ceiling in the dining room. I must have missed it the first time. And you're like, well, obviously this kid is no good. He's a murderer. Well, she points out that he's not in any of the family photos. That it's a completely different family that lives there. Like she points that out from the get go. So you know, you you know at least that he's not supposed to be there. Well, yeah. So that's that's a very subtle way of. Like, they should have just stuck with that. That's a very subtle way of trying to get the point across that he doesn't belong in that house. But then once you pan across the dining room and you see three corpses sitting there, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, well, this chick's about to die. Yeah. What Even- I kind of got out of it, well, well, we didn't get there yet, but but continue. When we get to that spot, I will... Uh, well, go ahead. Oh, when they get up to the bedroom? Yeah. Yeah. So he basically hires her for sexual activities. Mm. And um, the coins, and, and so they get to the bedroom, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's my first time," and or she asks him that, and uh, and he's like, "Well, what do you want me? To, what do you want me to do?" And he's like, "Oh, well, just you know, handcuff me to the bed, and you know, and blindfold me." And I'm thinking like, "Okay, little whatever," and uh, he's, gonna, he's gonna let this this random lady that he doesn't know handcuff him and and him not have control of anything. And then I go, "Oh my god, I know what's happening. He killed these three people." He's having her handcuff and blindfold him, so that way when the cops come, 
he's like, hey, someone came here and did this. I'm a victim as well. That See, is that's a, a much that's a smart idea. idea. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's a much smarter idea than anything in this entire movie. And that's, that's what a, I thought, and it wasn't what happened. That's actually a brilliant way to get away with murder. If you ever uh, decide to murder some, you know, two or three people. You will have, I will have a hooker. You can set up that same situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I will back you up. I'll Thank be your you. alibi. You will be my hooker. That's a, that, <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a way better idea than what actually happened yep. because they go upstairs. Uh, she, she handcuffs them and blindfolds them, ends up stabbing him in the chest. We did say the stabbing. <laughs> very casual. <laughs> just very casually. Like chest. she's like, seductively running the knife over his chest and she, he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, what are you doing? And then she stabs the shit out of him. We did actually comment during that. that it looks really good. That part looked yeah. damn good. I was like, well, this, I, they, this they is used where they blew all the money. Blade, obviously, yeah. but, yes. like, but they did it in a way, I think the blood was dark, was just dark enough to where it hit it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I noticed the blade on the first stab. Oh, did I, you? As soon as it I happens, too. I go, oh, that's a retractable blade. I don't think I noticed I, that. I noticed it too, but I think because... The blood looked real enough, and every time she stabbed, it almost looked like there was a bit of like hamburger meat coming out. <laughs> like it looked semi-realistic. I'd say, like, I'd say, out of okay all the it. special effects done in the movie, that was probably the oh, yeah, it's the it's most well done. Way better than the masky teeth that the guy wore oh, at the end. Jeez, oh, that was awful. Oh, so God, so she stabs the shit out of him. He's dead. She decides to go clean up, clean herself up a bit. She goes and takes a shower, and then when she comes out. Clean yourself uh, up a little bit. <laughs> go, go clean yourself up. Clean that shit out your hair. And when she she comes out, she hears his voice. She, what is he saying? You killed me? Yeah. So she walks out and he's going, you killed me. And he's No. I think she. I think he's saying, you killed me. He's talking. He is talking from underneath the Was it him that said that you killed me? Or was it the ghost of the very last one that said you killed me? Mm, no, because the ghost never talked. I don't okay. think the ghost okay. ever talked. Okay, okay. He's saying something, regardless. And then she goes over and she pulls the, uh, she pulls the pillow off of his face, and he's got just the worst, like big, sharp tooth grin. It was a cross between it was the, the face from the from the uh, movie side uh, box image. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like yeah. A, yeah, on the on the movie box, there's uh, is well, it the crystal ball? Yeah, it's in the crystal. And then ball, inside yeah. the crystal ball yeah. is the face and of that's that dude. The first time you really see it, right? And, right. Um, it's basically a cross between the doll from Trilogy of Terror, the uh, Zuzi or whatever it was Zuni called. Fetish doll. Zuni Fetish doll and Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it was. <laughs> but both of those looked way better than this. Yes, correct. It's suddenly he wasn't handcuffed anymore either. Well, he's a vampire, so he probably didn't take much to get out of him. Well, watch, to... where, watch where you're throwing that term around. I don't actually think they, he's a vampire. They, fine. He's a monster, though. Monsters are typically strong. I can believe that he would rebuff handcuffs. Sure, why not? I'll go there. Um, so that's pretty much it. Yeah, he's alive. He ends up killing her. He jumps up. That's, he kills her. Now you said you had a you had an issue with people calling him a vampire. Why don't you? Oh no, just because vampires have fangs, not mouthful of Baraka teeth. That's all. Well, is, I mean, granted, thirty days of night. Vampires I was just going to say like thirty that. days of night. They sure. Fine, fine. There's teeth. your there's your hall pass with there that. You go. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> and then he goes out. He goes out and he takes her car with him. And some of the neighbors see him and they're like, "Who the hell was that? I don't know." Like, Who's the babe? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, the two guys that. So when she first, the two that's, guys that's are how, from the next. That's uh, how they segment. weave these two yes. stories together. She ends up. She pulls up to the house to meet this kid. And when she gets out, there's two other guys yep. standing there like, whoa, who's now, this chick? Before we move on to the next next thing, though, there's something very interesting about this 
particular segment. Yeah. There was an actress named Aline Dietz that played a uh, homeless woman named Claire. Okay. I honestly can't even remember where she was in this, but she's credited for it, and she is in it. I know that. Okay. Um, she is famous. She is probably one of the most famous, iconic faces in horror. Oh, I, her name's Eileen, not Eileen. Eileen, Eileen. You're, you're bad at names. Whatever. <laughs> um, iconic, though. Yeah. She played... Don't look it up. Okay. Don't you do it. All right. She played a face. She was. It was not an acting gig necessarily, but her likeness, uh, her face and makeup. She played the face of Pazuzu in The Exorcist. Oh, are okay. you serious? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that real pale face, with the sunken black with eyes. The, yeah, with the really uh, that was like her. sharp cheekbones. She and stuff. was the actress that played no Pazuzu shit. in the original yeah. Exorcist. See, this is officially the most uh, interesting thing about this entire uh, right yeah, here, right? right here, Jay. Yeah. Yep. That's her. Yep. No shit. That's yep. really cool. Um, that's. I'm glad that you found a fun fact about this movie because nothing there, else is fun. Because there it. are no other fun <laughs> facts about this movie. That's uh, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's really right? cool. Um, so that that that. I'm it's just a little bit part too. She wasn't even in a whole bunch. I'm trying to but. think. Like, were there? So you can't think of where she was in this movie. I I did not read this until after I watched it. I did not go back to see if I could find her. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to go back and yeah, see if we can find but her. But she's anywhere. she's in it though because other people have mentioned it too when I was reading. Somebody, uh, I wasn't this wasn't the first. I read it in a couple of different places. Put it that way. It's cool too because I I never knew that the the face of Pazuzu was played by a woman. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's sexist, but yeah. Why is that sexist? You just assume it was a man. You should always James. assume it's women. It's Pazuzu, though. It's Paz- but it's Pazuzu. <laughs> but, it's, but it's Pazuzu. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> to the professor's wife. Four out of five here. We're almost there. Uh, the professor's wife. Um, this one was kind of cool. This one I actually like. Yeah, again, th- this movie, it, it didn't lack in ideas. It lacked in execution. I will say that till I'm blue in the face. Well, and especially, I, like, I don't know. It, it seems like, to me, if you have... Uh, I, horror horror anthologies, the stories don't necessarily have to um, coincide with each other. No, like look at the you know the first two creep show movies. Yeah. None of those stories really tied into each nope. other. They're short stories held together by a common theme. If you're gonna do a movie like this, where it's like trick or treat, where all the characters are kind of uh, actually encountering each other, it seems like you should kind of keep the tone a little bit. Like this one, this one, the the professor's wife. This was a comedy. Yeah. Well, one of the things we have not mentioned this yet. One of the problems throughout this entire movie is that it's supposed to be a horror movie. Yeah. You know, to carry on this legacy of what Creepshow was. Right. Creepy, fun, not not terrifying, but like fun and creepy mm-hmm. and spooky and whatever. Um, they basically use the entire catalog of sound effects from Scooby Doo in this movie. <laughs> they did. They do, yeah. And it takes away, like, every time there's something, it's like, doink, ding, dong, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> like, like, those are the sound effects that they used for a lot of these things. It's like, it just takes away from the overall effect of what this movie is supposed to be. Yeah, totally. So, um, I will say this, Mr. Sound Editor, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they're, they're... I, I, I it, what were you thinking? And if and if you were under the direction of the directors, well, fuck the directors too. Like, well, like already fuck the directors. But it's, it's just like I did. You look up any interviews about this or anything? I couldn't like, find any. A, I with looked. the directors or anything I looked, like I that. I could not find any. 
it just it boggles my mind that they would they obviously must have been fans of the original creep show movies I don't know. So you, no, I don't think they were. You don't think so? I have a reason for that. that just, I can't talk about it until the very end. Okay. But just cashing um, in on the name, then you think? Or, exactly. I don't know. That's exactly what it was. Look at the Day of the Dead. They did the same thing with Day of the Dead. Yeah, but like if I, apparently they have a thing for Romero. <laughs> you would think that you would try, at least try to keep up the the spirit of the originals. I don't know. So anyway, getting into the yeah. professor's wife. Yep. So the literally, professor from, literally they get into the professor's wife. So the professor from like. the very first movie, yeah, is um, that, that's extremely loud. It's uh, it's it's my vibrator. Mike's um, getting a call. He's very very popular these days. I am very popular. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, no, uh, the professor from the very first segment mm-hmm. is now back and he is headlining this segment. Yes, and it's all about um him and his wife. So he's an older man, kind of looks like uh. Hammond from Jurassic Park, a little bit, maybe a little more emaciated. <laughs> uh, may, maybe the yeah, like uh, a what's, bit. what's his name? Attenborough, uh, Charles Attenborough, Richard I have Attenborough. No I don't know idea who you're talking about. Uh, Hammond from Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, oh, the actual actor. Mixed with his uh, his his uh, like the way he spoke and his um, uh, why can't I think of the his word? Mannerisms. Mannerisms. There, there we go. go. <laughs> kind of reminded me of something uh, Richard Dreyfus would do. When he's in one of his Richard very Dreyfus. When he when he's in one of his very eccentric type roles, yes. like when yep. he kind of gets, I can see it, like over the top a little bit, <clears throat> and uh, he's he's a a weirdo, you know, mm-hmm. he's just a just a weird professor, and he's got these two ex students of his coming to, into town for his wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, they really don't know what he's been up to since. These are the two guys from the last when we talked about how the two guys are walking into a house and they see the and girl. Who's the, the babe? Yeah, they see like, the call yeah. girl like, oh, yeah. hey, who's this chick? That tripped me out because I was like, uh, when they jumped back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I was out of the room mm. for a second. So I don't, I don't know if you discussed that already. but No, we didn't. When it showed her in that, in that original clip of going into the house, hey, who's the babe? And then all of a sudden you see the car coming back around the corner and her getting out. I'm like, wait a minute, what's what's going on? Like this <laughs> this happened already. <laughs> Which I I actually really like that about these types of anthologies. Like obviously, like we said, Trick or Treat does it better. Like there's there, you have to sometimes backtrack in time, like from other stories where people are still alive, even if you've already seen them die in yes, some story. Right. Yep. And now you're getting, uh, you see the divergence getting, of where the stories. You're getting snapshots from different parts of right, the story. Yeah. Right. And so this one, uh, these two guys, they go into the professor's house because they're they're in town for his wedding, mm-hmm. and they meet his wife, and she's just this, you know, like beautiful perky young lady. I think she's got like a. a Russian accent yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yep. So they're they're kind of wondering like, how did she, he land this chick? She Is she like a Russian mail order bride or something? She or? keeps offering them food, but she's not eating. She she's not eat. drinking. Right. She's very weird, like like very odd. So then, super odd. But so then they start the, reminiscing. The, the professor though has been working on a project for like the last three years that is sort of about like technology robotics and, and robotics yeah. and this and that so that and that just plays big into the story right so they start reminiscing about back when they were taking classes from him at the university and mm-hmm. saying like oh man we fell for his practical jokes so many times and they start to wonder if this woman who seems kind of perfect but also sort of robotic in a yeah. stepford wives sort of way literally just going to say it was very stepford they, stepford wives they start saying like what do you think like maybe he's pulling a fast one on it like what if she's 
a robot. We know he's a brilliant man, and he can he's he's very capable of building a robot that looks so much like a human. And then they start to believe it. They're like they're like, oh my god, he did it. Yeah, he actually did it. They start to think about you the know, fact like that they're... she hasn't sat down since they've been there, and she hasn't eaten any food or had any drinks since they've been there. So they're like. Let's go. Let's go check this thing out. Like, look, we're not going to let the professor pull this one off on us. <laughs> so they go up behind her in the kitchen, smash her over the head with <laughs> something. I can't remember what it was, and knock her out. This is my favorite scene, probably of the entire movie. And you just see them like, you'll see, uh, you'll see them pop up into frame. And every time they pop up, they're, they're holding, covered. <laughs> they're covered in more and more blood and they're just holding up her body parts. And they're like, Oh my God, this looks so real. I can't believe like, you can't even see the circuitry or the, the wires. <laughs> it was pretty good. Actually, I'll be honest with you. This whole segment was actually pretty fucking good. I actually I did like it. this one. Like if there's a redeeming factor yeah, to this, this movie at all, this it was one probably got it this right segment. A little bit. It was still a little bit too funny, like quirky. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. sound effects and the, the really lighthearted tone was right. was didn't fit what creep show was supposed to be. Right. That being said, this was the most successful segment. Yeah. I'd say so too. But yeah, they come coming up with like body parts and like I can't even see it. They're like going through like her head at one point in time. It's like, where is it? They're like, like, they're like, look at how amazing this brain looks. And the guy's yeah. like, I just want to feel it, and he just rips her brain out of her skull. <laughs> And there was nothing attached to it. (laughs) Yeah, it just kind of like loosely comes out of her skull. Isn't that how it happens? I think so. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Maybe with Um, you, your brain's not connected to anything. And then they they suddenly fuck off, first off. Um, And then they they come to the realization at the very end, we're just like, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) She was real. And, and then they the figure, professor... Well, they figure out on the computer that she was a mail-order bride, is basically what yeah, it was. That, yeah. And so the professor comes home yep. because he had to run out and... You get the cake or something Yeah, like that, get something it? ready yeah. for the wedding. And they're, like, scrambling around the kitchen, shoving her body parts into cupboards. And, like, they, I think they put her torso into the refrigerator or something. Mm-hmm. And then the professor comes in and finds her. Yeah. No, and well, he, he stands there for ten minutes first. Uh, honey... Uh, Paul, Steve, yeah. whatever the names are. Yeah, Paul, yeah, Steve. Yeah, just like, in the li- like not even looking around the house at all. Right. He's just standing in the living room calling for people's names. It's like, look around your house, you prick. Well, <laughs> she's a robot. She should come when she's called, right? No, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so you would think that's where it ends, right? They killed her and they hid the body. That's where it ends. Oh, no. Oh, no. They They go off the edge and he gets a book of voodoo. And brings her the fuck back to life. Uh, from didn't see that coming. From, from the homeless man. From yeah. the homeless man. From that sold the radio. The to second one. Yep. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. What was with that guy? He, he, he reminded me of an old him. drunk guy from another movie too. There. Yeah. <laughs> to that same kind of yell. He was reminding me. Couldn't place it though. He reminded me of an old salty sea captain, like just yelling at the waves. <laughs> <laughs> You scurvy cur. <laughs> but uh, Not a yeah, pirate, so, he, <laughs> so, so he gets a voodoo book from the homeless guy selling radios in the corner because that's, that's legit. What that, that's what you do. And um, the next scene is that it's the wedding, and she is all bandaged up like Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. Her and, whole, uh, yeah, her whole face, like yeah. from from her neck yep. to the top of her head, is just wrapped in bandages. Nobody cares. And her her hand falls off at one point, but it's like the most 
like, ridiculous prosthetic <laughs> hand I've ever seen in my life. Like it's, it's literally oh, just like on. a mannequin hand. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pre- that's how that that's segment it. ends, isn't it? So in a way, he uh, he still. I guess it still turned out good for the professor. He got his lady back. I, I guess I got my lady back, lady back, lady back, lady back. <laughs> he, he's, he didn't seem too put off by the whole thing. Uh, yeah, this one did though suffer from the same thing that a lot of a lot of the other segments did, and that it's it was a little bit long in the middle. Yeah, it took too long for the two college boys to figure it out. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean that's that scene was a good writer could have cut this movie was too hours long yeah. by the way a good which, writer which would like have an cut hour and 40 minutes too long hours <laughs> yeah. worth of crap out of this i i think i think uh so the second one the radio was way too long yep. this segment because it was funny i didn't feel quite as quite as much like it it didn't it wasn't as taxing as some of the other ones yeah the this last one though that we're going to talk Ugh. about uh the haunted dog there was a scene from this one that went on so long yeah. that I was about to turn it off. Yeah. Is it I, we're probably talking about the same scene. Which scene? When he uh was this the one with the uh, the, the guy doctor. in the office yeah. And, yeah. and he's in there and yep. he's just going on and on and on. I'm like, yes. "Okay. It went on for like 10 minutes." It was a so Benny Hill skit. It was a Benny Hill skit that went on 5 minutes too long. <laughs> I don't really, really remember what he was looking over or discussing or saying it at was, the time, but It was so uh, so we'll get into the last segment here called The Haunted Dog. And it was I need to preference this hold on before before you get into it. Yeah. You need to know going into this that the haunted dog is not an animal. It's a haunted hot dog. It's a haunted hot dog. Let that simmer. <laughs> this let, is what you're in for. Let that boil. This was this was the creme de la creme of Creep Show 3. <laughs> the, the the final offering haunted hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. So you have this doctor who's a just a terrible person, and he, uh, it, what I gathered is he had a thirty day court ordered sentence to work in a free clinic. Does that actually happen? I have no idea. Probably <laughs> not. I'm no. Most of the things you're, in you're this, committed of crimes. Go serve the people. Go serve days. the people. I don't know if it was like I, I, I can't. I'm trying to think of any sort of situation that would call for that fraud or something like that no you go to jail yeah i don't know yeah so he's serving this 30-day sentence where he has to work in a free clinic and the segment that we're talking about that went on for so long was <laughs> it was just him he was drinking on the job and it was him uh encountering patients mm-hmm. and being an asshole to them like there was one girl that came in and I, why you would figure this out at a free clinic makes no sense at all but he talks about how she has an inoperable brain tumor yeah and he's just like Ugh, like he's laughing about it and she's like a 14 year old girl and the dad's like trying to comfort her it's like what the hell and she and he's just like yeah she's a she's dead she's a goner it doesn't really matter at this point he at one point in time he's like uh hey do you do any plans you better go do them <laughs> And the dad's just like, um, that's it. Then, and, and and this, I kind of wanted to punch the dude just watching the segment. It kind of pissed me off like a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, obviously they set up the fact that he was a terrible human being, but it like you could have done that in four or five patients, but it literally went on for like ten minutes, and yeah. he saw like fifteen or twenty people, and it would have been more interesting had they been it been a back and forth between him and patients but it was literally just a shot of him his face yeah 
the whole time. Like I said, it was like a Benny Hill thing. Yeah. It was just him doing this and that, running around in fast motion. And, yeah, and like it was, it was awful. stupid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, real and, bad. And so the haunted dog part of this comes in because he goes to a... Now, now, mind you, this is the dog that was killed in the really terrible animated sequence from the beginning. Yeah, that's how they tie the really shitty animation from the beginning of the movie. But... It wasn't the way they set it up in the beginning of the movie is that it was a a young kid who killed this dog and then yeah. set up a hot dog stand, but he goes to a regular hot dog vendor out on the street. It's been twenty years since Creepshow Two. Maybe the opening segment was supposed to take place in '87. Oh, there you go. Maybe that's what it was. So the kid in the hood is now the guy with the long hair serving hot dogs. I'm just gonna choose to believe that because that makes way more sense than anything <laughs> in this movie would have. <laughs> So he goes up to this vendor and he cuts in line in front of everybody and Which was he, a dick move. Yeah, total dick move. Mm-hmm. And he gets this hot dog and then he drops it on the ground. So he picks it up and he gives it to this homeless guy and then he immediately goes back and cuts in line again and grabs another hot dog, walks away, starts eating it, litters like a complete asshole. Well, and the the homeless guy heart attack? Is that what happened? No, okay. How did he die? See, I I read a description that somebody, or, or like a review that somebody did, and this is, I mean, there's so many different types of people who write reviews, and I I read several different reviews where the people said that the hot dog was poisoned and it was meant for the doctor. Now, how could you possibly know that? They never said anything like no, that. No, no. But basically... Well, he, I, can, I can relate to the guy that wrote that, though. He's literally just trying to find some way that this makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's He's reaching, and I don't blame him. So the, I, maybe maybe he choked on the hot dog, the homeless guy? Sure. I mean, there something. was dirt all over it. Maybe he was allergic to something. I, I don't know. Who but, knows? So basically, the, the, the homeless man ends up dying from eating this hot yeah. dog. Doesn't make any sense. No. And then he starts showing up. His ghost starts showing up and tormenting the doctor. Yeah, and he pretty much keeps doing that until the end of the movie. And uh, eventually, I mean, there, were, there were like some other scenes where the the doctor goes off and he's partying at oh, different places, yeah. and like he's, he's giving everybody bag. he's yeah, giving he's, everybody free drugs he's like, and Ziploc bags full of pills. Right. And he's like he's a, a shit bag. He thinks doctor. he's awesome. <laughs> um, eventually, though, the hauntings get to him too much. Yeah, and uh, he basically is fed a hot dog to death, but everybody else by the ghost. Yet people can't see the ghost. Well, the ghost so is like offering him the hot dog. Yeah, he doesn't actually. I don't know. It, it just in looks like he kind of has a heart attack. In my imagination, he's shoving the hot dog down his throat, choking <laughs> that's him out. That's kind of what I got out of it. And that. that's how he dies. Yeah. That that in my you know, in, in a perfect world, that's how it went. <laughs> and then they we we actually we jumped around a little bit. Like they wrap up a few of the stories at, toward the end of the movie, like the the part with the professor, his wedding. Yeah, I that's thought, actually at the end of the movie. Yeah, I thought that took place at the end of that segment. It's actually at the end of right. this, uh the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. they kind of they kind of wrap everything up. So there's it. that, and then you see the family from the from Alice is uh, their guests at the wedding, and the mom keeps talking about Alice, and they're like. Yep. She still thinks that we have a daughter named Alice. <laughs> she's, yeah, a, she's a sick person. Nobody can remember that they have a daughter. And, and then it cuts back to uh, the hot dog vendor. Yeah. This is how they oh, decide to wrap God. up this entire movie. And yep. when you and I saw it, we're both as if, just like... As if everything like our, we saw... Our, our bef- jaws drop, but not in a good way. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck? As if everything you saw before this wasn't bad enough... They end the movie with 
the single worst CG effects <laughs> I've literally ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, it's what you would see. You remember when um, you, uh, the Wolverine or, or Wolverine Origins got leaked oh, and it yeah. was a like, green screen and they had just terrible effects. In it. Like, literally, they had like helicopters that were made of like wire framing in the sky. That's, and stuff. that's not the leak of. Uh, of Wolverine Origins. That's what the actual yeah. final <laughs> okay, product fine. looks like. The, that the, that the movie actual, sucks. The final project looked terrible too, but there was a leak though. They had the, uh, they had like the work in progress. Yeah, like ship. before they actually That's put all That's what this looks like. Yeah. And they, this was their they, they cut final back, project. They cut back to the hot dog vendor and he looks at the camera and then his face just melts off. Oh. <laughs> but it just, it looks so, so, so bad. It's terrible. Like, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, it, just, it, it just looks like terrible rendering from the early 90s like it's the best way i can describe it this was made in 2006 2006, yeah like it's 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 just terrible we were just watching it and as soon as that happened i was like "Ah, what that's how they're gonna end this movie (laughs) yeah it's it's awful i was glad it was over because i was same here (laughs) but all right so now that we've covered the entire movie yeah and uh even though i think everyone pretty much understands how we feel about it uh, does it deserve the reputation that it has? Well, it's got a, you said a, a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't and, think a zero is correct. And I think, I, I think it sits at a, I think it sits at a three, 3.0 on IMDb. Okay. I didn't look up the Metacritic store, score, but. Um, I think a 3.0 is actually fair. If five is average, which uh, that's how, you know. You and I differ on this. I, with movie ratings, it's different. Five is usually average. It's not like an A to F scale like in school. Like a right. C is not 50%. But that's the way I always... Well, C is not 50%. No, right? but in school, it is. In movie ratings and whatnot, it's not. Wait, uh, in school, a C is 70%. No, and in school, a C would be like 50% because an F is zero. No, that's not how that works. Sure it is. No. F- 50% in school is a, like a D minus. Yeah. So that that's really unfair then that uh, half of the scale is six below sixty was always like failing. Okay. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, th- whatever. Well, whatever. If, whatever. Trust whatever. me, <laughs> I, I would know. Okay? If a, if a if hundred if a hundred is A, eighty is B to B plus, C would be in the seventies. Yeah. D would be in the fifties. Sixties. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And then well, below sixty would be uh. Yeah. In E or F, however you, your school did it. So if you're going by school grades, I would say that this sits pretty which, well at a three, like which, a 30%, which is a failing grade, but it's like, yeah, yeah you tried, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. If I if I had to, to, to if this is a weird thing to say, because like I said, you're, you're going on school grades, I'd be going on like IMDb grades, which are obviously very different. Yeah. Uh, on those, 50% is average. Middle, middle, that's middle of the road. Anything above that is better than average. Everything below it is worse than average. Um, so if we're going on that scale, mm-hmm. I would give it maybe a thirty percent, which is still sort of what you're saying. Yeah, it, it averages out, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just not. It's not good. It's not it, good. They, it was made in. It was made without the ability to make it good. They bought the name, they banked on it, right? And the the result is crap. If you want to see if you want to see a creep show three that's actually worth its weight, 
uh, go to. I think Tom Savini's really the only one who thinks of this as. Uh, it's it's decently common knowledge at this point. I think he was the first one to well, say I, it. I, I think but... in the horror community, a lot of people view Tales from uh, Tales from the Dark yeah. Side as the movie, yeah. as Creepshow Three, and it's because of George Romero's and Stephen King's involvement, there, right? Basically, and that's also an awesome horror anthology. We've covered it in our show before, and. Uh, I would I would say if you want to see a good creep show three, go check out Tales from the Dark Side. I have an alt for you. What? Do you know what is a good creep show three? What? But it's not a full length movie. What? Creep show raw. Uh, I don't know what that is. Nobody does. <laughs> um, so I've never heard of this before. I had not heard of this until I did my research uh, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I heard about it, I looked it up a lot. And uh, so creep show did not stop at creep show three. Okay. Nobody, I've never heard anybody talk about this before. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of do some deep digging to to figure out what this was. Yeah. So, Taurus Entertainment, who owns the rights to Creep Show, partnered with HD Films Company. Okay. Uh, and they started a web series called Creep Show Raw. Yeah. This was going to be a ten part series. However, they only they only released one episode mm-hmm. on IGN. And it was starring Michael Madsen. Yeah. It was an eight-minute-long short that you can see on YouTube, and I watched it today. It's fucking fantastic. Is it really? Fantastic. Really? It um it feels exactly like the old Creep Show. Uh, it had art panels and everything. The art panels drawn by one Alex Pardee. Really? What the hell? Um. And it felt like the original Creep Show. Oh, maybe and... not totally like it, but way more like it. this. You... This eight-minute short felt more like Creep Show than the entire two-hour-long movie that we just got done talking about. I'm looking at it right now. Do you know who it's directed by? Yep, Wilder Valderrama from <laughs> that crazy. '70s show. What the hell? Yeah, it's right. super bizarre. Like, um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, so one episode was made uh, directed by that '70s show's Wil- Wilmer Valderrama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Insomnia. It was uh, starring Michael Madsen as a drunken stepfather who gets what he deserves, courtesy of a monster living inside his stepson's closet. Nice. Uh, featuring art by Alex Pardee. Um, yeah, it, 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 like it brought did it. back yeah. the comics vibe. It brought back the monsters vibe. It brought back everything that the original ones tried to do. Where'd you say you watched this? It's on YouTube. Oh shit! Well, the, I'm gonna go the, the watch it tonight. on YouTube. Cool. Um, and it's awesome. All there's a huge monster that comes out of the closet. It's all practical effects. It's about time monsters um, started getting their recognition, right? Um, I thought I was the only thing that came out of the closet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still but, waiting on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I? Can I just? I I want to bring one thing up though. Yep. So uh, I I clicked on James James Glenn Doodleson's. Mm. Uh, IMDb you're, page you're here. Seg- you're going to segue into something that I want to say, but continue. Well, okay. I know it already. So he's currently in pre-production for a Creepshow TV series. Well, the Creepshow TV shir- shir- series is being helmed by... He owns the name. So if he's going to be... If he owns the name, he's automatically going to be a producer. Okay. That being said, Greg Nicotero is yeah. running the show. We've talked about this on uh, some news, I think, in the couple weeks previous. Greg Nicotero is basically show running it, and all the effects are going to be done by KNB. Why are you saying Greg Nicotero? Nicotero. Sorry. Go. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, so that's going to be great. That's going to be a continuation of probably where this kicked off from. The Insomnia one? Yeah. yeah. Um, my guess is that this guy, or the HD Films, produced a short series 
that was way better than what Creepshow 3 was. Right. And they didn't want to be embarrassed. Right on. That's why he pulled out. Well, cool. Hopefully, That's just my own. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, this will be I'm a little about. bit of a, um, uh, a little bit of a. Why? why what's wrong with me and words tonight? <laughs> a little, a little words. A little bit of redemption for the creep show yeah, name if, then. Yeah, watch Creep Show Raw. It's on YouTube. Just look it up. Creep Show Raw pilot episode. It's eight minutes long. Watch it. It's uh unfortunately I think two forty is the most. Uh, quality wise you can get on it yeah. so it's a little bit it's a, it's a bit fuzzy mm-hmm. but the monster's cool it's a, it's got like a giant mouth for a face and it's that's that's pretty cool cool and uh yeah so um it didn't end on a sour note of creep show three yeah oh, good that's right so uh that's it for bad brew number two mm-hmm. creep show three mm-hmm. uh if you listened last week you'll know that uh from now on we're going to be announcing our episode a week prior uh, we haven't built our little spinning wheel yet. It's coming. It's it's coming. It's it is coming. it is going to happen at some point in time. But right now we're just going to roll the dice like we did last year. Yep. Last and, uh, week. And, and this week we actually have movies picked out for the individual things. Yeah. So we will be able to say it literally right roll, now. Roll those dice, baby. Dice are rolled. We got a number three. So number three is uh, Beer Picks the Movie. So instead of the the movies being picked out, we got the beer picked out. And that beer is uh, Space Kitty Double IPA from Rohrbach. Rohrbach Brewery from upstate New York. Uh, Now, your brother gave this to you, right? My brother gave this to me last week when I saw him for the uh, Smashing Pumpkins concert. He goes, this would be good for your show. I agreed. And uh, I guess we're using it next week. Okay. So um, so this is actually, we, we lied a little bit. This is the one that we don't have a movie picked yeah, out already. So yeah. we uh, we'll But we pick have up, the beer picked out. We have so. the beer picked out. So we'll pick out the movies that will go along with Space Kitty. Yep. And then we'll announce those. Uh, On Monday, the Monday after the episode is aired. Exactly. So stay tuned for that. Yep. And if you want to see that, find it on Instagram, Facebook, or SoundCloud at the Buzz to Kill Podcast. Vodcast, the Buzzkill Vodcast. It's kind of a B podcast. Vodcast. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. We're also on uh, iTunes, Google Play, all other third-party podcast apps. You can leave us a uh, leave us a rating if you would like to leave us. Um, just preferably more stars than you would give Creep Show three. Oh, so zero stars. <laughs> so can you do you're point telling one me star? there's a chance? <laughs> uh, if you want to find J Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. And just a real quick thing. Um, Google Space Kitty and then just do an image image search because there's a lot of fun stuff to look at. <laughs> I just I googled Space Kitty to find the beer and uh, that's it's it's a lot of fun stuff going on here. Oh, so. there you go. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. World. Um. Anyway, yeah, we will see you next week. Cheers, All right, boys. Guys. Try to have a good night. Yeah.